What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 33. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the new face of video games. Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. That's right. It's me, the new face of video games. Greg, while hey. I'm here, while you have me here. for the You have the time, floor, sir. Because, of course, everybody knows I'm, I'm, I'm in high demand. I have the floor. Uh, I want to give a shout out to a best friend named Jonathan Polenko. I sent Kevin a link. Uh, Jonathan earlier, earlier today sent us uh, or added us on Twitter with a shot with a with a photo of their wall at their home, uh-huh. and they've essentially made like this PlayStation style mosaic as the wallpaper in their home. And I, I just okay. want to give them a shout out because I feel like that's some that's some real dedication to the to the PlayStation uh, fandom right there. You see that? Pretty cool. So I just want to give them a shout out. Well, I see it. What makes it PlayStation? The colors. These are play. These are like the PlayStation like button colors. They're the sacred right? symbols, Craig. Yeah. Not a lot of yellow. Am I wrong? It's a bit Not of a, a lot stretch of yellow. there. Yeah, I, I think stretch. you might Not be wrong. Not a lot of yellow. Not any yellow. Hold on. Right? Let me get my controller. No, no, you're right. You're right about the colors. It's just like when you're saying, "Oh, it's a pl- oh, he's taking off his headset." Wait, Everybody, wait, I'm gonna be Ray, really mean to blessing when he comes back. Is there yellow missing? No, there's no yellow. Kevin, there's no yellow. Right. That's what I'm saying. There's not a lot of yellow. Oh my god. You know what I mean? You you are literally yeah, look, conversation got- quicksand, Kevin. Where I, the more I thrash about with you, the more you pain me. Deeper, boy. What? <laughs> so yeah, you have the PlayStation colors. But okay, on. but imagine where I'm coming the from. The right way. Uh, and audio listeners, I know this is not a great segment oh, for you, but great. imagine where yellow I'm coming from. Yellow isn't one of the PlayStation colors. I hate you. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? Yellow. You me that you have uh, this fan he made a playstation mosaic i'm thinking characters i'm thinking symbols and i come in here and what do i immediately see i cue in and everybody's different but i cue in on this one that looks like spider-man two big green eyes and then a red top and a red bottom and i'm like how the fuck is it? and then i see and it's all it's all greek to me it's all broken up i see it now sure there's colors in there okay this is the playstation specific well i still want to know where you got yellow from i in my mind, have you met? Tra- don't don't enter the quicksand, blessing. This is what I'm talking about. This but is what he wants. Thing. Here's the thing, bless, bless. Look at our background. Mm-hmm. What's one of the primary glowing colors? It's yellow. Oh, and in okay. my mind, I was like, okay. oh yeah, triangles yellow. Can't tell you what color it is okay. now if you ask. You know what I mean? Yes, you can. Green. Yeah. Pink. Yes. No, no. Go with your gut. You had the first time. Thanks, Kevin. God, Kevin. You got this. Uh, I will say, looking at the controller now, square button. Yeah. Is that purple or is it pink? Pink. Because I've always viewed it as purple. What? Turns out you're colorblind. Am I crazy? Am I wrong? Is yeah. that not purple on the square no. on the square button? That's pink. I don't believe. Am I it. wrong? You're googling it. This is gonna be I'm, one yeah, of those. I'm gonna be one of the that's not helpful to Look, either of us because you'd be like oh it's no it's yellow, guys weird. i told I you i hate you shut up kevin See? kevin the adults are talking right now i mean it's not like hot pink but if you ask like i have that i have that uh playstation uh, psx shirt the one i wore last week i think that has like the palm trees on it and that's definitely not purple it's got to be so if I've, i'll give you if anything it's a maybe a weird in between if you put it on the color spectrum or whatever. All right. So looking at our background. Sure. It's blue, right? Oh, God. 
What what is blue? What are you talking about, Kevin? I'm like I'm I'm down the, the Google rabbit hole right square, now. Square, whatever the hell you guys are talking about. We don't. Everybody have a, on Google. Uh, we don't have a pink. I'm or finding a people on Google calling it. I'm seeing people call it pink, and so I'm gonna go ahead and say that I'm wrong here. But Thank I can't you. believe. I am shocked, because <laughs> I'm looking at it right now, and I'm like, that's purple, right? But maybe I, mean, I am just colorblind. Maybe I'm like not, not looking a, at it. No, right no, no, right. no, 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 no. It's okay. It's not a colorblind thing as much as it's not I mean, I'm not saying the traditional wrong. pink. Like think we use pink all the time. We use that neon pink. That's what you see, that really abrasive pink. It's just not that level of pink. I'm sure if we brought in mm. Vincent Van Gogh, somebody who worked on Photoshop, mm. they would come in and they would tell you, no, that's this numerical value, and that's not true pink, it's not true purple. They're all blue. Kevin, they are not blue. What do you mean? You seeing this? No, you I'm not again? seeing it. Oh, hold on. They're all blue. No, Wait, what's Kevin showing us here? He's all showing my blue his, buttons. He's... All my blue yeah, it's because you got. Remember, I got you that special edition PlayStation. That's you why. You didn't give me shit. They just sent. They just sent it to you. PlayStation sent you the limited edition PlayStation. They were you like, "Kevin, you do great so work." Right. You treat me so You're right. Goddamn right. right. And, I, and I want you know I can take it away like that. All right. I'd like anytime to see I want. Hog hands try. <laughs> Greg Hog Hands Miller. Ladies and gentlemen, this of course is PSI Love You XOXO. We are your PlayStation podcast each and every week. Blessing and I come together to nerd about all things PlayStation. If you like that, head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can, of course, go there, ask us questions, give us your PSN profiles for judgment, answer your own questions, right? When we say, hey, we're doing a, a review of Shadow of the Colossus a 15-year-old video game, you write in with your own reviews to be part of the show. It's a great way to pass the time. Uh, plus, at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you get the show ad-free. You can get it with the exclusive post-show we do each and every week, and you can even get the Patreon-exclusive show, Bless Up, which is for $1. You get a, a show that's exclusive only to Patreon each and every month. Right, Blessing? Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Uh, however, if you have no bucks tossed our way, it's no big deal. Oh, you can watch live, too, just like the final boss fight is. Demetrius Newell is. Uh, Jacek kooks they're like nukes so kooks yeah uh try law they're all watching live because they support us on patreon.com slash kind of funny games thank you so much uh, remember if you have no bucks tossed away though you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and listen on podcast services around the globe each and every tuesday morning at 6 a.m unless something goes wrong like last week and youtube deletes all the information and we have to put it up at like 7 30 a.m because we missed it uh housekeeping for you as always, ladies and gentlemen, there's a bunch of things afoot here at Kind of Funny. Uh, DC Fandom is this Saturday, and we're treating it like it's my own personal E3. Uh, myself and the Kind of Funny crew will be on twitch.tv slash Games all day long, uh, reacting to the panels for Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, WB Montreal's game, The Snyder Cut, and every other DC movie. Coverage starts at 10 a.m. Pacific. You won't want to miss it. Of course, you can catch things later. YouTube.com slash Games, uh, YouTube.com slash Funny for the movie stuff, obviously games for the gaming stuff. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Mohammed Mohammed, aka Momo, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, Skin Tight Salmon, Jeffrey P. Long. I added the P this time. I hope you're happy, Mr. PP. Uh, Sancho West, and of course, James Hastings. Our sponsor this week is the Kind of Funny Games cast. But for now, let's be in the show with what is and forever will be this week's X's and O's. Greg, Blessing. we're doing a review. We're reviewing mm -hmm. Shadow of the Colossus for the PS4. Of course, right. last week we did our uh, our PlayStation Piles of Shame. And sure. probably your most egregious one was Shadow of the Colossus. 
uh, one of the best, if not the best, first party first party PlayStation game ever published. Wow, wow. Okay, you're swinging for the fences with that one. That's what you're gonna toss out. And on so that. I. W- and so last week we both played Shadow Colossus. This week, of course, I played it already, but I I decided to revisit it for this review. At what Which number time, time playing through. this is it for you? Which time is it for you? Uh, probably four or five. Wow. Okay. okay. All together, because I, I I played it. I played the PS2 version. I played the PS3 version when it got uh, remastered in the in the Shadow Colossus Eco Collection. I think I might have played it twice there, and uh, I played the PS4 version when it came out. And so this is my second time playing the PS4 version, which I think would add that up to about five times playing it. Sure. Why is your first time playing it all the way through? All the way through. So yeah, if you want my personal story for it, it goes like this, of course. Shadow of the Colossus dropped October 18th, 2005 here in the United States uh, for the PlayStation 2. At that time, I was living in Columbia, Missouri. I graduated school that summer and I was officially working at the Columbia Daily Tribune and I was broke as a joke. So I had asked my parents, uh, even though I lived in Missouri, uh, at that point, was I even was I engaged? I don't. I, we had Portillo for sure. No, I wasn't engaged yet. Uh, but Portillo was literally at uh, October eighteenth. I'd had Portillo all of like a month and a half. My fifteen year old wiener dog. Um, asked my parents for it uh, at Christmas. Uh, we drove to Chicago, celebrated with them. I got uh, from them Shadow of the Colossus on PS2 and whatever Hitman that was that came out at the same time that same year on PS2. Uh, drove back to Ooh. Columbia. I heard, you know, EGM, IGN, everybody had been talking about this Shadow of the Colossus. I popped it in and it just didn't click for me. And I did not understand what the hullabaloo was about and put it aside, eventually traded it in for whatever else I needed to keep the addiction going. And then moved uh, in 2007 to work at IGN as a member of the PlayStation team, uh, you know, be directly under Chris Roper, the man who reviewed Shadow of the Colossus. And I don't know, you said it, I think you hit the nail on the head last week, plus, when we were talking about this, right? Of like, you're like, you've never beaten Shadow of the Colossus. And I'm like, no. And you're like, you've hosted a PlayStation podcast for how long? 13 years. 13 years and counting. Uh, and I don't know how we started beyond. And there was it was a slow time, too. The PS3 was fucking shit in the bed left and right when I started in 2007. I don't know how this went under the radar there and no one called me on my bullshit that I had to go play this game that like, no, no, like this is something you, you said you don't like it, but like you should really go back and play this game that we're measuring so many other PlayStation exclusives by. And it wasn't like Roper was the only one who swore by this, right? Like Mark Ryan, uh, Sally from at the time, IGN guides like had a, his biker helmet on the back was a shadow sticker. Like he was a, one of the, the colossi and, Somehow I got away with it and I dodged it and it got re-released on PlayStation 3. And as we talked about last week on my PSN profile, I popped it in. I beat the first Colossi and I was like, I'm good and never went back to it. And then it came to PlayStation 4 as the Blue Point remake. And I was like, I never liked it. I'm not even going to try it. Apparently, apparently, I still find that ludicrous, but I have no history of the trophies at all. There's no this is a brand new trophy list for me uh, when I started playing after the show last week and got into it. And so, yeah, this week went all the way through, played and beat it. So. What we then need to get into is a serious conversation, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm Greg Miller, and I do a lot of characters, and I have a lot of fun out here, and I yell at you, and you're wrong. And then we're this is going to be a safe space. P.S. I love you, XOXO. Right? Oh no, this oh, is no, going to be. This is. Not <laughs> I know what that bit. means. This is not a bit at all. This is not a bit. This is not me trying to shit on your favorite game of all time. Anyone listening, wants to, I went through the entire game and I beat it, and I rolled the credits. And it just doesn't work for me. 
It just doesn't hit for me. And I'm not even like saying I'm not by no means am I out here telling you it's a bad game by no like it's funny when we read into the, the comments here of what we got and all the reviews people sent in. Right. And even I've seen some people in the chat so far like it's interesting where current tastes are on it. At least again, this is such a haphazard poll. This is not the whole thing. Yada, yada, yada. But even before we get to any of that. I am not coming at this telling you fuck you and fuck your favorite game or a game you love or whatever. It just doesn't succeed at what it tries to do for me, Greg Miller. And I want you to know right now, August 17th, 3.22 p.m. Pacific Standard Time as I start on what will be a very arduous journey on this podcast. (laughs) I wanted it to click. I wanted to love it. I wanted to get to the sixth Colossus or Colossi and and have it go. I fucking get it. I understand what this is. I understand why people have this reaction to it. But for me, that moment never came. And I went through the entire thing. So where I want to start with it for you, Bless, is I want you to start the review of what what this game has meant to you, what it means to you, why it succeeds at what yeah. it's trying to do. Because I don't want to be I don't want to be negative. Well, I think for me, and and I part of me expected uh, uh, this reaction to your playthrough. And we kind of talked about this a little bit yet, uh, last week on uh, last week's episode that like this game for me is a hard game to recommend in 2020, especially with the PS4 remake of it. I remember, I think it was early this year where we were talking about uh, games of the generation or like the defining games of PlayStation or the games that we consider 10 out of 10s. And I think it was a games cast where, where Tim asked me like, Oh yeah, so like the PS4 version of Shadow Colossus, would you say that is is that your definitive one, your definitive version of the game? And part of is part of me is like yes because it is the best gorgeous. looking version of the game. Yeah. It is gorgeous. Like it is the most like like th- this is the game for a modern console for all intents and purposes, or I'd say for most purposes. But with the game being brought forward and it br- being uh, ported and remade. I think that then elevates a lot of the the actual issues that are there with playing the game in 2020 because mm-hmm. Shadow Colossus at its heart is a PlayStation 2 game. Even playing the PS4 yeah. version of it, it is the it is the PS2 game. Like they they did not touch it aside from the assets, right? Like they went in, redid how it looked, they went in, reskinned the world, did all that good stuff, like maintained that that feeling of scale and maintained uh, uh, a lot of the beauty in the, in the design, and it—I would honestly say for me, it is the best-looking game I've ever played. Like I—I kind of maintain that it is the most beautiful game that I played, both like visually, graphically, in terms of art direction, like everything about that appeals to me. When it, when you get into the gameplay, I totally understand everybody's complaints. Like, there have been so many times where I've talked about this game, either on this podcast or Gamescast or tweeted about it or in general. And there's always there's usually a few people they'll reply and be like man like i tried this game and it didn't do it for me or man this game kind of sucks and every time i read those comments i'm like yes like you're not like you're not i <laughs> i see it like, i see what you're talking about i i understand anybody who plays this game and is like either it's not for me or like i hate this game like i don't necessarily like this isn't one of those games where i'm like every single person should play it i think everybody should play it for this from the sense of you know i think it's it it's short and I think there's sure. value there in terms of how you can how the game can affect how you view video games as a medium and as an experience. Like I think the thing, one of the things I really like about Shadow Colossus is how uh, it marches to the beat of its own drum. It is almost to me like the anti Ghost of Tsushima, where playing Ghost of Tsushima in July, right? Like 
that game is so uh, easy to get into and it is so accessible and it is very much a video game as video game where it is, hey, here's a checklist of things. Hey, you can fast travel anywhere. Hey, the course controls perfectly. Like everything feels right in that game in a way yeah. that you kind of want a video game to feel like the video game isn't working. Ghost Shima isn't working against you in any way where on the other hand, Shadow Colossus feels like it's working against you at every single moment. And for me, like that kind of works to the benefit of the game, but also I understand how A20 playing that game uh, and it being unchanged from the original PS2 experience in terms of how it feels and controls and plays and how uh, aggro if you let them run into a wall. Like I understand in 2020 that, yeah, this game is, is uh, you know, a hard, rec- hard recommendation and is not going to be for everybody. Uh, so for me, you know, when you ask like, what is it about the game that, that does it for me? back to when I first played the game on PS2. And I played this game, I think I've told the story on podcast, but I played this game uh, the same week that I played Metal Gear Solid 3. Like, it was my friend Addison who lent me the game. And Addison, he was like, oh name. yeah. Yeah, Addison, a great name. Uh, and he was like, because I used to borrow games from Addison all the time. Like, he was actually the friend who I first, um, he, was, he was that friend who I'd go over to his place and uh, I'd watch him play games because he, uh, he had a PS2 r- before I did. And so I'm, I'm always like, like I, Addison, great friend, right? I'll, I was that kid who was like, I'm going to go to Addison's house because he has the game console that, I, that I'm jealous of because I had an N64. And went over to his place, would uh, watch him play games. Eventually, I had a PS2, and he had all the games, so I'd borrow, borrow games from him all the time. Borrowed God of War from him, borrowed uh, GTA from him, borrowed a bunch of different games from him. Uh, there was one week where he was like, hey, borrow these two games because like, these two games are, are really good necessarily like looked at these games but trust me when i say that these games are gonna blow you away and they were shadow colossus and metal gear solid 3 and i went home and i, think I played metal gear solid 3 first and that was ongoing experience this was my first experience <laughs> with the metal gear solid game and i had never experienced video games as a narrative medium to the extent of metal gear solid 3 when i played sure. it like metal gear solid 3 is the game that opened up my eyes to oh man this is a story that I truly love. Oh man, these are characters between uh, Big Boss and the boss and the villains. Like these are characters I really love. Like I connected with a video game in that way for the first time through Metal Gear Solid 3. Uh, finished that, moved on to Shadow Colossus. And the way I describe my experience with Shadow Colossus is that is the game that opened me up to video games as an artistic medium for the first time. I'd never really thought about like video games as art. I'd never really thought about how video games can like touch the soul in any sort of way uh, because I was young. Like I was not really looking for video games to do that. When I played Shadow Colossus, that was the time where I was like, where I, I think I was first opened, my, my eyes first opened up to the idea of, wow, like visually this game is incredible, especially on the PS2. I think visually the game uh, uh, was incredible at the time because I had not really experienced anything of that scale on PS2 as sure. far as, like as far as literal scale, not even how big the world is. Like I'm talking about how you walk up to a colossus and it feels bigger than life, right? Like I that. You, felt I mean, it's so foreign. It's that thing of like you know you think of how much hullabaloo God of War three got for that opening segment before you realize you're on the back of a titan, and then when it pulled yeah. out and you're on the back of a titan, you're like holy shit! Like yeah, this game was doing that you know years before in 2005. Yes. Yeah. And so like to have that on PS2, I, th- I think that was mind blowing for me. I think even structurally what the game was doing as far as, hey, there are no enemies in this game aside from these 16 colossi that you need to take out. That was something that felt very new and unique to me. Uh, the score 
was incredible. Uh, the the way that it approached its story and had it feel very minimalist, but still like hit where it matters, right? That felt very special to me. And I compared it to um, when we were talking about Breath of the Wild 2 on Gamescast this last week. Mm -hmm. I brought in the Shadow Colossus comparison of, yeah, Shadow Colossus for me was a game that, uh, for me, playing it brand new, not knowing anything about it and going in and realizing what it was, you know, it was such an experience of discovery and um, uh, like curiosity and what it, like what's the next thing? Okay, cool. I found the first Colossus. Oh man, it's this it's this big big old dude uh, uh, with I can't remember if he had a hammer. If I'm getting mixed up with another Colossus, but the big old walking dude, right? Like, oh man, what a what a what an experience this is. I go on to the next one. It is like this this new beast that I hadn't seen before. Okay, cool. Sure. And going through those motions of discovering what the next Colossus is, you know, where do I have to go to find this one? Like it, it felt like such an uninterrupted um, experience when it came to, Hey, explore and discover. And I, I, I think that is what truly felt like new and what felt very special to me as I was playing it back then. Um, and so, yeah, like the, the game just, the game for me just did a bunch of different things that, uh, carried forward when I played it again on PS PS3 and when I played it again on PS4 like I think the PS4 version of the game back to Tim asked me the question of like Shadow Colossus like is what version is version? my yeah what what is the version uh for me when I think of Shadow Colossus what is the definitive version I think I mentioned that like yeah playing the PS4 version is what kind of brought the game down a little bit as far as like how much I loved it because it did kind of expose like all right, yeah, like playing this game and by modern times, after I played other games, I've done similar things. Like sure. I think Journey is a game that that goes for a similar kind of vibe and similar kind of tone and similar kind of unique kind of thing. Uh, Breath of the Wild is another game that that you know takes a a vast open world and kind of has it be somewhat desolate and you know make it it makes that experience more meditative. Like the Shadow Colossus doesn't necessarily feel as special in 2020, but for me, it is still I still have that memory of playing it originally that holds it as still being something special and unique let me bring in travis gachkowski who wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can with a, a lengthy one but i think gets to a point that you're talking about bless mm. hey blessing and greg i'm really glad you guys are playing slash replaying shadow of the colossus because my feelings on the game are complicated and have changed over time i first played shadow in 2016 on the ps3 hd version of the game long after the game was released and had blown minds parentheses my first playstation exclusive was a ps3 uh, I'm sorry, my first PlayStation console was a PS3. By then, the graphics were extremely dated, but I still remember marveling at how beautiful but simple visuals filled me with such emotion. I knew if it, I knew if it was hitting me like that in 2016, it must have been hitting harder years earlier. The ending of the game blew me away. I absolutely loved it. Fast forward to 2018, and we get the remake from the ground up. I bought the game and was extremely excited to check it out once more. However, after multiple attempts, I put the game aside because I found it so incredibly dull on this new playthrough. It could have been that I wasn't in the mood for that kind of game, but I have two other theories about what made the what what about for why two other theories about why the remake didn't click. The first is that the updated visuals actually made the game world feel even more empty to me because they put me in the mindset of the game from this generation and Shadow came up lacking. The second is that Breath of the Wild eats this game's lunch. Breath of the Wild is so influenced by Shadow, and after spending more than 200 hours in Hyrule, the magic of Shadow was stripped away entirely. Am I crazy? Did you feel this way on your playthrough? Do I need to give this remake another chance? Thanks for getting me through your workday, my workday, y'all. Travis. Is that similar to what you're saying in terms of like 
what you'd seen mm-hmm. on this replay, what the PS4 version did to you? Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Like, especially with the the Breath of the Wild comparison. Like, when you look at Shadow Colossus and even even the elements such as, hey, when you when you kill a Colossus, the the light of it shoots into the sky, you know, so that yeah. it represents like, oh yeah, you beat this many Colossus, or like, hey, you remember when you were over here and you beat this Colossus? Sure. Breath of the Wild has a very similar mechanic with the Divine Beast, where when you finish the Divine Beast, a laser shoots to the center of the map indicating that hey yeah you've done this thing um you know that combined with like i said before the 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 desolateness that's not a real real world word but i'm making one the desolateness of the, of the map right the um the feeling of of ex- exploration all this stuff like breath of the wild has that and it has that in space and it kind of yeah. it does eat shadow colossus's lunch when it comes to that like the the same feeling I had my first time playing Breath of the Wild very much reflected the same feeling I had playing Shadow Colossus uh, for the first time on the PS2, but yeah, Breath of the Wild kind of takes that and runs with it so far. That said, yeah, with the PS4 version, I think for me the thing that still remains as far as what makes the game special is how focused it is. I I almost think of Shadow Colossus as an indie game like experience, but with the budget of a AAA game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it very much doesn't it. It it is very much hey this is this is what it is like you you get what you get and so you are going through you're having this this unique experience where you are uh uh holding on to the last life for the for, for uh for your dear life to slay them and we are giving you like this very specific story but at the same time right like we're not we're not abiding by what you necessarily would expect you know mechanically from a lot of video um video games especially like during the ps2 era where you got like a lot of gtas you got yeah, yeah. a lot of gta clones you got a lot of like god of wars right like this game came out in 2004 so we had seen quite a few ps2 games up to that point and there was an idea of this is what game design looks like if you want to make a game that's accessible and that works and that hits all the marks shadow colossus very much doesn't fuck that right yeah yeah um and i think part of that is what turns it off for people but also, that is that is what makes it work for me. It's interesting because I remember, and this is such a, I mean, God, you, you, everybody listens to this podcast, you understand that I struggle to remember six months ago. But I remember uh, when I would talk shit about Shadow before, or at least not even talk shit, because again, that talking shit implies we're fucking around and I'm, I'm not trying to be editorial objective and actually give you a review of some kind. But I remember mm-hmm. being hung up when I would talk about shadow and what turned me off to it back in the day on PS2 and it being the controls. And I remember that became the argument over time, but not the explanation to the point that I can't tell you anymore what I didn't like about the PS2 controls. I remember I didn't like them though. And I remember that it was a big deal that they updated them to some extent for PS4's version. And so it's been interesting, you know, going through the uh, PSL of you mailbag here, uh, seeing people's comments, you know, you and I Josh around on Twitter about it. I see people respond there positive and negatively. And so many people still talk about the controls. And I feel for me personally, climbing the Colossus and or Colossi, uh, trying to slay them, all that stuff. At no point is it the control that I have a problem with. And I think you hit on something interesting that I think is at the core of my issue with the game, or at least I should say the core of me not enjoying the game. Again, I'm not here telling you the game's not a masterpiece, that it didn't change gaming, that it isn't beautiful, that it isn't stirring. What I'm saying is it just didn't work for me. And I think part of that comes down to, I think that I see, and granted, again, as we're talking, this is you know 15 years of games being advanced and us seeing so many different people move the medium forward. And 
so many of those people that move the medium in different directions point back and say, Shadow of the Colossus is one of our inspirations, right? It's one of the things that made me get into games. But I see so many of the ideas it's going for, and I don't see it succeed at them. And that be the turnoff to me. And what I mean by that is, you know, Jen, uh, my wife, if you didn't know, I don't talk about her often on shows. Uh, she's a huge Shadow fan. You know what I mean? Like when T when uh, uh, I want to say Team Eco, that was uh, when Last Guardian shipped and we got the press. Ma- I got the press mailer. Like she flipped out that like it had this thing and like a feather and all this crap. Uh, she came by or was going to bed one night when I was playing, and or no, it was when I first started it, and I'd already been playing for like an hour or so, and she was out here talking about emails and this thing. And I was like, uh huh, and she's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, you're playing this incredibly, you know, contemplative game, this you know, uh, this serene game, and I'm ruining it by talking you know doing all these things like you're supposed to be like in there meditating kind of and i was like am i is that like the mindset i'm supposed to have because for me if that's the idea that i'm supposed to be there and her saying that helped me reframe it and help me get to where i was because you know (laughs) one of my favorite emails we got about this uh came from wit who wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says I have nine words to describe my time with Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> fuck the horse, fuck the horse, fuck the horse. I've never played Shadow before this week, and I wanted to love the game so much. The score is beautiful. The story is artfully composed, composed, and the design of both the bosses and battles is incredibly compelling and still unparalleled at games. The world is expansive, beautiful, and empty without ever feeling lifeless, but exploring the world is a pain in the ass. Our, uh, agro? Agro, Ag- agro yeah. Is that is it aggro? I don't remember. I thought yeah, I it, it sounded different when I thought I hit the button. Uh, tank controls are unnecessarily difficult. I never knew what size the cliff she could jump off of. Uh, I never felt that I had control of her speed, and she would randomly transition between gallop, trot, and halt with almost no rhyme or reason. Finally, uh, aggro uh, continues Ueda's mission of co- companion AI in his games to piss me off. And he has said in an interview that Argo was not uh, aggro was not meant uh, not supposed to respond to your commands. However, I do not think this goal should apply to the main mode of the travel in the huge open world and the key in several boss fights and aggro's refusal to come when I call lead to my death multiple times. As someone who had other problems with controlling the wander of the camera and absolutely adored everything else. Oh, no other problems controlling wander of the camera and adored everything else about the game. I'm sad with my irritation of aggro affected my game as much as it did. There's a not even a before and after. There's the reframing conversation I had with Jen where I got a bit more. Oh, okay and so then it would because i had i was and would continue to have problems with aggro as well in terms of just turn no okay this is too much that's too oh yeah to where once i started thinking of it more of this was going to be a meditative thing and these spaces were meant to be more open and i even went back you know this is post review but or post us finishing it i went back and read uh chris roper uh you know podcast beyond founder one of my bosses at ig when i got hired read his original review of it right and even there he's talking about how this is meant to be this uh, uh, cinema, uh cinematographic experience right cinematic experience uh of like you know getting lost mm-hmm. in it and once i had had that conversation with jen and once I started paying attention to how not I thought aggro should con- control, but how aggro actually controlled, it worked a bit more for me. But again, to that thing of I see what you're trying to do, but you don't hit the levels uh, of success with me of, all right, cool. I'm on the horse. And rather than try to turn it like I would with a horse in The Witcher, like I would with a horse in Ghost of Tsushima, like I would actually guide it. It was more about, you know, shine the light follow the light point it in that general direction and then like especially on like weaving paths or trying to get on the bridge right just let it go don't micromanage the stick i was holding triangles so that aggro would gallop along and it was that 
not that they're bumping into it. The game actually did let it course correct and did let it try to ride. And I'm like, when it works, I'm like, I get it. And that's great. When it still wouldn't let me go a little bit to the left, go a little bit to the right, do whatever. But I needed to. That's when I would get frustrated of like, cool. If you're going for the meditative thing, I hold triangle, you know where I'm going or I'm pointing in the general direction and lock me on and go that way. You know, bring up the cinema bars. And again, I'm getting too specific now for a game that was in 2005. But what I'm saying is put me on those rails to make that happen so I have that moment of sitting there and doing it. Even if it is just more shining the light and like the light really guides me where I'm going, something to that level. Yeah, It it could, I saw what they wanted. I understood what they were trying to evoke in me. And when it wouldn't happen, it was like, oh, God, that pisses me off. When it would be that, I would jump off the horse and be like, this is too tight a corridor. I'm going to go on it on foot, and then you'll catch up to me. When we get back to an open area, you catch up to me. I don't want to fuck around with this right now. You know, Come with me, and we'll do it that way. It was those moments breaking me out of the serene landscape of taking in this giant picturesque you know, plateau I'm riding across. Yeah. No, I mean, and I'm pretty much 100% with you there. And I think, I think this is a reflection of two things for me. I think one... Mm-hmm it being a, a 2005 game like I, I, I back then like i didn't necessarily have as much of an issue with aggro uh, and how he controlled playing this game when it came out on ps4 that's when those issues for me first started to arise of like oh man i've played plenty of horse games now like i know how horses <laughs> should control in video games and this isn't necessarily it i think the way aggro controls in the game is kind of a reflection of that but also i think this game does something in terms of the 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 actual the so the thematic elements of struggling to conquer a thing like the first for pretty much all the colossi right you have the element of hold a button in order to grab mm-hmm. um or at least if like if you're playing with my control schemes i actually don't know how it's like playing with other control schemes and what or what they fix because you're doing I'm playing, modern I, right yeah well no i play with the classic control scheme oh. like with the same control scheme on ps2 yeah because that's just what i know and like that, sure, that sure, works sure, pretty sure. fine for me um, it'd be harder for me to switch than to just play with that. And so sure, for me, okay. it is it would be like triangle to jump and then R1 to to um, grab. grab yeah, that's, that's still how it is for uh, modern controls. Okay, yeah. So like that, that would be my control scheme. And with the game, for, for pretty much all Colossi, right? Like you'd have that moment of you holding on for dear life, the Colossi shaking to, to, to get you off. And sometimes like you would fall and it'd be frustrating. You'd be like, okay, what, man, all right, dang. Um, and other times, like, you'd make it through. But I think, for me, the game very much kind of drills home the idea of, hey, you are you are very fragile as a small mm-hmm. human in this big world filled with big uh, big beasts, right? Like, when you get hit hard, you're stuck on the ground for quite a few seconds. Like, you don't sure. get up for, for a little bit. Um, uh, like, stuff like that, I, f- I feel like, is meant to, like, drill home the fact that you are like you're on this adventure and everything is every, everything is working against you that kind of feeds into the horse a bit even though i feel like most of what's going on with the horse is just the control scheme ain't, ain't that great like the way the horse controls isn't that great but i think part of it too is the fact that while you're on aggro right like they want you to to uh, be able to turn and maneuver with your uh, bow and arrow in order to like take down certain colossi they want you to have they want you they want they want aggro to kind of work as its own being at the same time sure. too and so like when you are turning around with your bow and arrow aggro is pretty much running uh running by herself and 
we'll run into walls and that will be frustrating because i don't know if real real horses actually work that way or well where they'll just run into a wall if you're not paying attention to see not telling me to go left or right i'm just gonna kill myself (laughs) yeah (laughs) like i don't think that's how horses work and so that does get frustrating but i think it does kind of feed in back to that central thematic element and i get that and that was everything is kind of working against you and like I, I I feel that and I and I also understand like when I, I do remember on Podcast Beyonds dunking on the controls for being crap in PS2 or whatever and people be like well no it's about this struggle and I get that in the narrative aspect this is a, yet another like I see what you're going for it just doesn't work for me where for me personally and maybe this is easy mode maybe whatever bullshit I feel it just would have made more sense if once I got to the top of the mountain, and, you know, and I'm being very literal about the top of these colossi or whatever, mm-hmm. if there it was one thing that you hit, not one thing, but like what you get to the final weak point and you hit it once and it's over. Because to your point of like, I, I do like the idea of, oh my God, my grip's about to go. I'm going to fall off. Oh God, you know, how, how am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. I'm going to balance it right in between. If I think this is the time to stand up, that's great. It would be when i know the game wasn't doing something or i would i guess it's me i wasn't doing what the game wanted and i would get it would be he would shift his feet for the wrong reason at the wrong time and then fall it would be that uh you know it's the wonkiness and clumsiness of games in general but especially ps2 games where one of my frustrations with this game is that guess what there's one way to fucking do this and you mm-hmm. got to figure it out. And that's always been a turn off in puzzle games for me, let alone something like this. And again, where this game wants to be this meditative thing, but it also wants to be this puzzle. But it also, so like, you know, the first time, and this is a full spoilers, by the way, I'm sure everybody knew that coming in, but just to make sure, you know, when the final fucking Colossus, Colossus number 16, right? I sit there, I'm like, how the fuck? Do, well, first, and how the fuck do I get close without getting blown up? I work my way over there. How do I get this fucking skirt? Get up the fucking skirt, get there, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I stab him in the arm. He pulls me off the arm and it's like, oh shit, I'm about to fall. So I, you know, walk around to his hand and, or this hand, I guess, this hand yeah. to the top. And he did this thing where he moved and I was able to jump off of his hand onto the shoulder. And I was like, great. Mm-hmm. And I start stabbing the shoulder and it didn't register the first few hits. And I was like, what the fuck? And then it did it again. And I was like, oh, okay. And so then uh, I went up to the head, but I, I got knocked off and I was like, fucking God damn it. And I worked my way all the way back up there. And then I kept doing, trying to do that jump like three yeah, or four that times. One, that specific one is notorious for me where every it, time I play Child of Colossus, I forget what the solution is. And I'm, I'm on that palm for however, like however long being like, and you barely have before? enough time to get over it. And I'm like, what the fuck yeah. am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? And I won't lie. Like I went and looked at the IGN wiki for it and it went it's twice. I'll tell you about the first one. Cause it's the same idea where it was like, Oh, and then, you know, you get to the top of the hand and then shoot him in the shoulder. And I was like, Oh, so I asked the first time I did what I thought was logical, jumped over there. That wasn't what I was supposed to do. And that's like, mm-hmm. not, I, don't, I didn't look up stats, but I assume one in a, a million, one in a dozen that you can actually do that at a very specific moment. I'm like, well, fuck, yeah. I just wasted all this time getting more and more frustrated at it to find out that I wasn't even on the right track. You know, then you shoot him in the fucking shoulder. You get over there in two seconds, you're up on his head. I'm like, ah, this is how the game's ending. You know what I mean? Like my last battle and the similar one, the other time I used it, I know I did yeah, second time. Uh, I believe it actually is Colossus number 15. The big old boy where you walk through the pillars yeah and there's yep. yeah this is right and there's the two overhangs and it was yeah. the thing of like all right cool clearly i have to jump to this little bit lower ledge and i'm doing the thing and it's not working i'm like motherfucker what the fuck and eventually he came over and stomped and it went up but it went up sideways rather than right in front of it 
And so I was like, oh, I get it. And I ran and jumped and missed it. And I was like, what the fuck? That's not the answer. And so then I went to the wiki and it's like, oh, no, he has to stomp right here. And then it'll go. I'm like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? Where it's like Mm -hmm. a clipping air that is what threw me off to make me look like to sit there and go, what the fuck am I? Like, it just sucks. Because like when you when I feel like I put on the thing here, you know, your favorite, my favorite Colossus, right? Was Colossus 14, which was uh, the I call him Team Ramrod, (laughs) that little fucking dude who's running around knocking into the pillars. Right. And I'm not even you don't even really fight him. You climb the pillars and then use him to move you away. I was like, this is ingenious. This is fun. I like this idea and the wrinkle to the gameplay of it's no longer about direct confrontation. Right. It is about getting away from him. Uh, I would say his brother or whatever he was, the one who looked really similar, who was afraid of fire. That was another one where I was like, that's that really actually, good. that's really cool. Cause it was the same thing of like, Oh fuck, what am I doing wrong? How do you do it? What do I do? And then like when I was like, I, I think he either hit me or I just chased me into that corner and I got up there and he knocked the thing down. I was like, Oh fuck. And I, of course sent him the wrong way and sent him into the crevice I came from to begin with. And I'm like, Oh, this ain't right. Mm-hmm. And then fucking did the other, like those things are cool and fun and I enjoyed them. But then it, I, but I don't think of those when I think of this game. I think of the frustration of those last two I was just talking about. I think of uh, when uh, I think he was the I don't the flying boy with the sacks on his belly, where I was oh, like, oh man, sacks, and I'm shooting from the ground. I'm like, I'm not hitting him. I'm like, okay, well, there's these things over here to climb, and you can't really like there there's very specific areas to climb and so then i got into a very specific ledge and it was like i'm sure i could have run around and chased him other things but i just sat on this fucking ledge and waited him combine then get on him and take him it's like oh like this just isn't epic to me the way it's working and i this is again the balancing act we're talking about of playing a game from the ps2 era 15 years later where yeah like what haven't we fucking done in a video game right now and how you have all these crazy epic moments and stuff like that but even to PS2, like there is an interesting argument here for I wish in so many different ways that 2005 Greg would have committed and played all the way through it, or that 2007 Greg would have been ordered by Chris Roper to sit down and fucking play this game. You're not doing anything else, yeah. you're not reviewing any of these other PSP games, so you fucking play this game all the way through. Because even like you know, so many of the things we got written, written in are, oh, uh, yeah, hold on, here's one, right? Uh, no, that's not one. There's people who are writing in being like, I just don't fucking get it. Like I, but it is you're playing this game in 20, in 2020, right? And there has been yeah. so much time and between it, it. And that's the thing that makes it kind of interesting to recommend because I've had it both ways to where I recommend it to somebody and they'll come out of it and be like, yo, that was an incredible experience. Like, I'm so glad I played it. And they're talking about the PS4 version, right? For the first time. And then I will have the opposite thing of people come out, coming out of it and being like, that was bullshit. Like, I don't, like, I don't get how y'all could like this game this game sucks control all see the, and that's the thing stuff. is i i, I like a roll of the dice i know you're not t- putting me in that category is but mm-hmm. i want to make sure everybody's clear that like that's i don't think the right take to have on it right like the game doesn't suck the game is just particular about what it's doing and this is actually a point i was driving at a while back that i just d- didn't make it to but it was when i you were talking about it be it's an indie game with a triple a budget it would have been i i and i know i'm applying things that just are impossible but i would have loved to have seen this game done with how i think an indie would do it now where i do think it would yeah. be more of what i'm talking about where the puzzle is getting to the top and then stabbing them and maybe that means there's more shake offs there's more spots to hit on your way up there's a way to do it but when you get up there you're accomplished and it's good because i hated being up there and not even being afraid of falling off because my grip's gonna go because i really i i I'm, in terms of like my grip running out i think it happened 
not even more i can count them all on one hand it was more the fact of like all right cool like one of the flying guys it was like all right cool now jump to the top and jump off of his limb to the thing and i did it and it didn't clip and he just fell away i was like motherfucker you know what i mean or trying to jump off the fucking hand or all these other things where it's like i think that if you could have made those fights end quicker like the goal was can you get up this puzzle to the top and just get there once and do it and then Mm -hmm. i think it would have shaved off time of the game and i think you would have had a more compact experience if you would have had what i was talking about earlier in terms of like riding from one to the other and it is just autopilot the entire way unless you hit something to then go off to the shrine or go off to the whatever i think that would have spoken more for what they were trying to do and again i know i'm paying i'm giving ideas with a 2020 mindset versus what it was in 2005 and why this game was a breakout and it's again back to why i wish i would have been forced or forced myself to play through it at the time because because so many arguments were like i don't see what the big deal is like whatever and of course you don't in 2020, but even for me in, tw- in uh, 2005 playing this game and getting that first Colossus and being like, all right, yeah, he's big, whatever. Like, would I have felt different if I had gotten to the flying dudes or would I have also been frustrated at, all right, the guy's flying in. Or I shoot the guy with the arrow to, you know, in the water to get his attention. He flies on in and I hit jump and I hold R1 and it didn't grab this time and I'm in the fucking water. Motherfucker. All right. Swim back to the fucking section. He's got to mm-hmm. circle a bunch before. We, all right. Shoot him. Shoot him. Shoot him. Did his work. This it didn't fucking God damn it. You know, like, I mean, that was I me on the couch. Like, some of that stuff like did work for me, though. Uh, like I, I to the stuff you're saying, I think is like 100% valid and definitely like in 2020, like 100% valid um, complaints to have and like critiques to have. I think for me, you mentioned a lot the meditative experience of it, which is a big part. I know, like, for me, the, um, I forget if it was Danny O'Dwyer or somebody who did a video essay, but was comparing the in-between spaces of the game. And so, like, the 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 when you think of Fallout or you think of No Man's Sky, like yeah. the, the the moment of the moments of those games where it is just exploration and you're just making your way from point A to point B, or you're just making your way through the world uh, at your own leisure and doing your thing. There is something so satisfying and meditative and I think special about those experiences that I think reflects so much of what I enjoy about Shadow Colossus, where it is, hey, there, there are no side quests. There's no, like, I mean, there are collectibles technically, but they don't really emphasize the collectibles. Like, there are, like, there's... um Lizard like, tails. Fruit, yeah, lizard tails and, like, fruit you can get from fruit trees. That'll, that will increase your stamina and health but you can completely ignore them if you and you probably will ignore them your first playthrough because i was gonna say i did right like i i did the thing where i prayed at every uh or not everyone i get a trophy but i prayed at all the shrines i saw which increases my health right and then or my red bar the yeah i met your health or whatever honestly i I never really understood what they either fill it it either fills it up or does it but every time it would blow up at the end but i was by the time i got oh no it does refill it but i was like all right whatever and then the lizard tail things i would shoot and get but i wasn't sure if they were giving me any benefit in the ps2 version those are your save points i believe the the shrines and so like i barely even like paid attention to them in the ps4 version but they probably do refill your health or something yeah um or you can probably get them for trophies you can there's definitely a trophy for it I like to but I think for me, Shadow Colossus does have that dynamic of the meditative experience, which is all the in-between spaces, right? Making way, uh-huh. making way from the um, central cathedral or shrine, or you want to call it, uh, to the Colossus or to the Colossi, right? Like that is that is where the meditative experience ex- uh, exists for me. I made a tweet this last week as I've been playing through the game and taking screenshots because I took screenshots like. You had a lot. A lot well I had a lot of screenshots and I didn't post most of them, which should give you an idea because I posted <laughs> a lot. Uh, 
You just glitched out. One of my tweets like, oh no. But yeah, yeah, I I posted a lot of things. We understood. Um, but I, one of my tweets was like, this game has two moods, right? And one of the screenshots was me making my way through, through a forest on aggro. And the other screenshot was me face to face with one of the Colossus, one of the Colossus. And to me, that is kind of the, the, um, dichotomy that the the game is facing within its, its tone and its, and I guess its themes, right? Like on one hand, it is being meditative with that travel aspect of the game. On the other hand, when you, when you are facing a Colossus, like it is meant to be a struggle. Like the, what the game is trying to communicate to you is how difficult those things can be to take down. And granted, like a lot of them are pretty easy if you know what you're doing. Um, but you know, when it when it comes to that struggle of hey, you need to stab this thing multiple times in the head or multiple times on the arm in the head or however that thing may uh, may shake out. Like that, I think that that is what makes that experience of them like shaking you off as the blood is spouting out. Right, like mm-hmm. such a uh, an epic like uh uh intense moment right because it is like what all right am i gonna be able to hold on like how long how long does this thing last and for my first playthrough on ps2 that that was communicated a lot better to me than my last play playthrough on ps4 because because one i was doing new game plus which i believe let me keep my health in my stamina and so i was the i was getting through those things clowning them (laughs) i was clowning these colossi but then also like i know all the solutions my first yeah, time course. playing through the game where I don't I don't know See, uh, what I'm doing like that felt way more um, and that's my thing where like to the even the meditative aspect of it or contemplative or whatever you want whatever you want to put what I found shocking about the game this playthrough my playthrough in getting past number one even was the fact that it was so rare I'm it must maybe even only once or whatever to die by the, yeah it was what I think team ramrod at one point knocked me down and then it, it was in this loop of i just couldn't get up every time i'd get up he'd hit me back down uh but it was so rare to be killed by the colossi and maybe this is just me personally but it was more it was the thing of i felt like i had plenty of time to run away oh the one dude who also shot lasers out of his side horns or no out of his whatever oh the one, the one, who, the one in the water the geyser the one with the geyser where i had to oh, get the turtle like man that. over the geyser he had my yeah. number for a long time where i couldn't figure out where to dodge roll um anyways it i was shocked that it wasn't Okay, these class this class is gonna kick my ass and kill me. It was the to your point, and where and where I think we're on the same page even is just like the journey of figuring out how to get up there and how to take them out was more of it for me. Where even then it was about balancing, like I think there's a there's a middle ground for us. I think of Sackboy with his fucking sacks that you shoot out and then climb on him and he fly you around. Like, you know, you take out one of his yeah. uh weak points and he dives under the sand and loses you, right? Like that's what I'm talking about. I think it's just like keep that entire thing but make it one hit so it's just going faster and i feel like again the for, for me it's focusing the gameplay on how do you climb the mountain not what do you do when you're at the top because i felt like that was where i got rinse and repeat to an extent mm-hmm. where i understood of course that okay i'm up here have the sword out crawl in the hair find the thing stab him there of course horrifying because you act like a tick this entire game and you know how much i don't like ticks uh that's true it's I get it. It's the same way. It's, you know, we're very much in the, uh, we're standing on other sides of the border, shaking each other's hand where it's like, I get why people love this game. I can see it. Yeah. It just doesn't click for me that way. To, to your point of us being a tick in this game, right? Like how did the, how did the story elements in the themes of the game um, sit with you? Because one of the big things in the game is you're, go- you're going into this forbidden land to do this bad thing. Right, yeah. like you are, you you're trying to to resurrect this girl, 
Uh, and to do so, like you have to release a curse and you have to go through and kill these colossi who for the most part are just buying their own business and you, sure. are, you, you are coming through and causing destruction. Um, and, that, and that's not really a thing that's communicated to, to you until a lot later. Yeah, how no, did I that, thought, how did I all that sure. kind of sit with you? I thought that, and this is another one of like, yeah, I've, I've, I haven't rolled credits on Shadow Colossus, but I've covered PlayStation for 13 years. I'm aware of the story, right? I'm aware of how this ends. I'm aware of where this goes. Again, playing it, it was that shock to an extent of like what? It's like midway through the game, maybe even three-fourths of the way of the game where that crew of priests or whoever ride onto the scene and they're like, oh my God, we got to get to the thing. And it was like, oh fuck, we're going to drop this in here. We're going to get it going here. And like to get, I thought again, for what I'm looking for out of those games, I would have wanted that earlier i would have wanted to know even if we were getting more from wanderer himself about what was going on like i found it so interesting the people who talk about the and even you earlier talking about like you know what this storytelling meant to you and what it showed you for games and stuff again it's grading on a curve that doesn't is a complete cheat and also knowing that you know things i remember roper talking about the kid with the horns and having theories and eco and all this stuff oh yeah and how that can like it, for me, it it was like, oh, okay, yeah, like I, I, okay, cool, and like you know, having it ruined that you're the bad guy or whatever early on. I mean, years ago for me or whatever, knowing we were building to that, I think I don't know if that reveal at the end would have worked better or worse or indifferent to me because again, the way it's all set up, I feel like it's such a afterthought where you're going through and doing all this to try to save this girl, whether she be your sister, love or whatever, and you get the end and then these guys show up and they're not really that. And then it was more the shock of like, Oh yeah, I mean, he's a zombie. Uh, they like, you know, he's, they've been killing and bringing him back from the dead to do their bidding. And here he is about to, and then he gets sucked away and then there's a baby there and then it's credits. And I was just like, all right. Like I, I, I definitely didn't get the heartstrings. I didn't get the, Oh my gosh, kind of thing out of it, but See, you did, me, right? I mean, yeah, like that, I think that was one of, one of the things that hit the biggest for me. For me, this game is almost, uh, this was my first time with The Last of Us Part Two, for all intents and purposes, mm-hmm. in terms of the how those games kind of reflect each other in themes. Like without spoiling The Last of Us Part Two, that game obviously is a game about revenge and the cycle of revenge and how sure. that can bring about destruction, right? And like you know, you can ask the question in that game, like, am I like, am I doing the wrong thing here? Like, sure, am sure, I sure, playing sure. the bad guy? And Shadow Colossus was kind of my first experience with that. As far as it kind of communicating, like the video, you. Like, as the player, we come into Shadow Colossus and we are doing what we're trained to do, right? We're going in and we're killing these monsters. We're going in and we're saving the the princess or the lover or the sister or whoever, whoever she may be. And we're doing this thing that comes very natural to us. But as you're going, going in further and further, you kind of put together the puzzle pieces of, oh, yeah, like, every time I kill one of these colossi, like, I get <laughs> injected with whatever this dark energy is. By the time you get later in the game, I feel like I don't know. One thing that I'll, I, I feel like I got to take away from the poor version of the game is I don't know if they communicate as well that your character is decaying like as you get further and further. Like in the PS2 mm-hmm. version, it seemed more visual in terms of after like Colossus 14. I didn't get 14, that here. I didn't get that here. Yeah. Like if you look at your character in the PS2 version and even the PS3 uh, remaster, like you could see that like there is like some like there, there, there are veins in your face that like appear like black, right? Like you seem like you're getting darker and darker as you're progressing progressing through the game and that is to communicate that you, whatever you're doing here is pretty much destroying you um like between between that between like yeah the elements of the soldiers coming through halfway through the game um uh in the cutscene, you realize that there's there's something there's something going on here um 
and even like the sad music that plays after you kill a colossi, right? Like or a colossus. There are there are signifiers that. Hold on, Kevin's bringing this up over here. Hold on, I'm trying to full. If you're an like audio listener, Kevin's bringing up the faces. It looks like of the decay. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. And so like you kind of you you kind of go from like regular guy to to kind of appearing darker and darker as the game goes on. Gotcha. But I can't really see it in this in the yeah, screenshot. It's, it's not great, and it only goes up to the twelfth colossus. But it looks like that might be the end. Little golem there. Yeah, that's yeah. The that end looks like it's sure. the very end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I for me while playing playing through this game the first time, this was my first experience of a game communicating to you that hey, maybe sometimes killing is bad. Like maybe sure. sometimes sure. you are like you are like as a player, you are blindly taking part in this senseless violence that. Of course, like to this character has a meaning, right? But you don't know that. Like you are, you are just, um, uh, you know, being involved, and you are act, you are actively being involved, making the choice to be involved as a player, um, and and seeing this this thing through. Like that was something that, and it's not, it doesn't feel like necessarily a new thing for a video game to do in 2020 or 2018 when this PS4 version came out. But when I originally when I originally played the game on PS2, that was a thing that I that I took away and I was like, huh, like that's really powerful to me. Um, both from a video game meta perspective and from the narrative of the game itself and how and how that that stuff wrapped up toward the end. Who is your favorite Colossus or Colossi? Oh, this, this is a good question because I'm inclined to say Avion, which I believe is Colossus number five, like the flying bird guy. Um, that okay. was like a, over the water just because that feeling of grabbing onto its its wings and like that feeling of speed, I think is really awesome i think that's the first time you experience a a flying colossus um though 13 i also like a lot which is the big old snake guy in the air with the the uh, old sack boy under him old sack boy yeah old sack boy I like that one too. There. my my least favorite one used to actually be uh what'd you call him team rod team yeah, team, team ramrod uh, team ramrod yeah how can you my not first- like team ramrod my first i remember my first time playing that one being so frustrated and i could not figure it out uh, for the life of me, that that's one that took me forever to forever to get through. Is that a super climbing up and doing the stuff? What's that, Kevin? What, Kevin? Sorry, I was saying, is that a Super Troopers reference? That is, that is, a, that is a Super Trooper, Super Trooper reference. For me, it uh, was that was the first Colossus that was. Hey, you got like a big old arena, and you got to go in a circle and figure out like how to get this thing to interact with the elements in the world. And like I go going back to it, it's very clever, and I like it a lot more knowing how to approach it. But I remember just struggling super hard trying to figure out what the puzzle is. Um, so, question for you too: Did did you have the same help the sc- help screens or tips where like if you struggle long enough with the Colossus, they pop up and like, oh, this guy's fucking afraid of this thing? In I PS2? don't think so. Because I don't. Oh, that- PS2? No. Yeah. Okay. Because PS4, you can turn it off or leave it on. I left it on obviously because I was on a timetable and I was already frustrated with some fights, so I didn't want to sit there forever. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that I was like, this doesn't seem like a classic solution. This does not seem how it would have been in 2005. Yeah, that very much that very much seems like a, hey, the modern day gamer isn't about struggling for hours on end trying to figure a thing out. Um, and see, and that's, not have that. that's, you know, I mean, I know that like, uh, you know, there's an interesting question that I doubt we'll actually get to today. Maybe we'll save for the post show. Maybe we'll do it for uh, the next episode of PS. I love you. That. Here I scrolled all the way to it. Super bright wrote in and was like, "How have your gaming chase how how have your gaming tastes changed during the PS4 generation?" I think it's an interesting in general question about how your gaming tastes have changed. The one thing I always go back to is 
and I think you see it the most when I talk about adventure games and I specifically when I talk about like Tim Schafer of how I loved him. Tim's, you know, a close friend. I think he, he does. He's been so good to kind of funny and I'll be damned if I can never finish one of his games outside of when Poe and I went through full throttle. But it's because adventure games to me are so frustrating where I'm not lost in the experience. I'm constantly reminded of I'm fucking playing this game and how, why the fuck can't I open this door when I have the key, but it needs a shoe that goes up there to chewing gum to a lot. You know what I mean? Like some weird adventure game kind of puzzly thing. I wonder if in 2005, because that has never changed for me, if that was one of the things mm. here where, again, I have no way of proving how far I actually got in the, the original Shadow Classes, but did I play it to a point where I was stumped at a boss and I looked it up and then I was like, well, now I'm gonna look up this entire game. I, I, cause I think even now of playing games and granted we get so much stuff early and, uh, you know, there aren't guides available, but I do remember in the PlayStation two PS one and 64, you know, all the, when the old gaming, when I was a young boy, like it was that, constant fight of not using strategy guide it was that idea that using a strategy guide was you know you're fucking pussying out man what a weak way to play this game man like you're not you're not actually playing the game <laughs> whether that be someone at GameStop saying it to my face whether it be me and your your friends talking about it but i do remember games that if they needed a walkthrough or really did i remember when i started using them being like i'm just not enjoying this anymore and it was that I'm not enjoying it because I'm frustrated and don't know how to advance. And then I'm not enjoying it because I'm just reading it. And once I start reading it, what's going to stop me from reading it and going on? And so to you know be at that point that I'm talking about where I'm like, shit, I'm like, I actually wear a watch. I look at the wrong wrist. Shit, like we're running out of time. There's a P- I know that I, I am an adult and I know how much free time I have for this game and how much time I have for the other things I need to do. Like, I'm going to, what am I doing wrong in this boss fight? And then I look it up and it turns out I'm just not having him stomp in the exact right spot, right? Mm-hmm. Because for me, it's a one, one and done situation of, well, he did it and it didn't work. So what the fuck? I mean, I, that's the, I hold think, on, the point I'm oh, driving to is like, that is such a unique timestamped thing that I don't do anymore, nor have I done in the longest mm-hmm. amount of time. Like if I use a guide now, it's because I'm, well, how the fuck do you get this trophy? What's the easiest way to do this crazy thing to get this achievement? Like I'm not looking for how the fuck do I beat this boss? How do I go and do this? Now, granted, obviously, if I'm playing something, if I was playing something like Bloodborne Hardcore and I was getting stomped by a boss, maybe I would be. But maybe I'm not because I'm just not, I'm so put off by those types of games that they're just not part of my world. Like, I don't, do yeah. you feel like you're using guides anymore, really, to find out how to get past uh, boss a, a Z, how to get through this area, how to do this thing? Well, I'm I'm pretty similar to you in that respect as far as like not necessarily wanting to play stuff that i need guides for and i i mean that's partly uh what kind of put me off of persona 5 during my original playthrough like a bit a big issue i have with those games is that there for persona there is a perfect playthrough for that game like you could you could nail all the uh confidants and social skills and all the different things you need to if you if you if you like play a day by day playthrough of that game, which will require you to to essentially look at a walk through the whole playthrough, and yeah. I've never I've never enjoyed feeling incentivized to like follow a walkthrough, and that is probably why that is that kind of feeds back into why I'm not a huge trophy hunter is that I just sure. don't want to be pulling up a thing constantly while playing a game. Well, see too, now I know you're still in the middle mm-hmm. of your point, but that's the same yeah. thing with me about certain trophies, right? Of like persona five, uh, uh, Royal, right? Where it's like, Oh, it's an easy platinum. And I went and looked and it's like, well, do this. And I'm like, Nope, not even gonna worry about it. Cause yeah. I don't want to fall into that trap. Go ahead. Sorry. Yes. 
but I think to your point of, you know, that being a, a hang up for you, I think this comes to me of what is, where do you find fun in video games? Like yeah. I, I, for me, I know I really love puzzle games. I really enjoy the act of solving a thing. That is why The Witness is one of my favorite games of the sure. generation. Sure. That's part of why I really like Hellblade because Hellblade has a lot of puzzle elements to it too, right? Inside Limbo, I really enjoy puzzle games. And when you when we talk about the struggle that exists in Shadow of Colossus, like I talk about a lot and I know people are probably going to, some people are going to interpret it as like, man, Blessing struggled a lot in the game. How does he like this thing so much? I do enjoy the struggle that exists in Shadow of Colossus in terms of sitting and figuring out how do I solve this thing? Like, how do I, what am I, what am I missing here? And like looking around at the environment, looking around at what's on the Colossus, trying to figure out what I am missing. That is an experience that I, I, I truly enjoy in video games, um, which I, which is why I think for me, that's why Shadow of Colossus kind of translate, translates a bit better into how I play video games, what I look for in a video game. That's why I love yeah. like Zelda games so much also. Um, if I can chime in here too. Yeah, go for it. And again, I know you're in the middle of your point. This is just an addendum. That is one of the reasons, again, I was surprised that it worked for me in Shadow of Colossus PS4 and why I was asking about PS2 because I wonder if that's at the root, if that wasn't there, that that turned me off as well. Because here it would be, yeah. again, serene, this giant scope. I don't have to worry about it killing me. I just have to worry about how to get this fucking thing down. I see it lift its foot every so often, but not enough for me to shoot an arrow under there, right? I'm specifically talking about the one with the geysers. And it was a similar thing of, I had walked him out and a geyser hit him in the fucking face and a little bit on his uh, sternum and he didn't go over. And I was like, oh, clearly that's not the solution. And I fucked around long enough that the game was like whatever it said. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm just not hitting him right. And I finally got it to happen and go do the thing and you went and did it. And it was, uh, that's what I'm talking about in terms of like doing it right for me where I didn't want to sit there for 40 minutes not knowing what to do, but to sit there for whatever yeah. it was, like 10 maybe tops and not know what to do and it'd be like, whoa, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and I'm probably I'm I'm probably on the opposite side of if I saw those tips come up, I'd probably immediately turn, turn them off, off for the yeah. way I'd want to play that game. Like even if it was my first time playing Shadow Colossus and like those tips were a requirement, I'd be like, screw this, I don't want to. I I'm not gonna play this game. Like I'm out of here because I do I I find so much satisfaction in video games when it comes to like actual actually figuring anything out right and of course like it changes from game to game as, as far as what is the thing that is that is giving you that satisfaction i i compare shadow colossus to and i guess against ghost of tsushima because ghost of tsushima is kind of the antithesis of hey we are holding your hand hey we are you know giving you all the tips you need we are uh making your horse a appear out of thin air when you call it that thing just teleports <laughs> to you and is running alongside you so you just got to press one button and you're right and you're riding that thing uh you know, Ghost of Tsushima compared to a game like Shadow Colossus, right? Like, I, the satisfaction from a game like Ghost of Tsushima does come from clearing things out and having the satisfaction of, like, clearing off that checklist, going through combat, going through the motions. Like, there's a, there's an inherent satisfaction that comes out of going through the motions that is very much opposite of the satisfaction of, for me, for, of Shadow Colossus, which is figure everything out struggle through it like find out yeah, what you're doing yeah, wrong yeah. like trial and error i really like that sort of trial and error gameplay I like i like both things but i think there's something special to me about that trial and, tri trial and error gameplay that hits home from my experience with shadow colossus i want to end with a comment from one ignacio rojas who writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says what's good greg and blessing 
I didn't play Shadow of the Colossus when it first came out, but when the port, the PS3 port was free on PlayStation Plus back in the day, I decided to give it a try as it was one of those games everyone talks about. And I got to say, I was not disappointed. I know that by modern standards, the game isn't that impressive. But as someone who grew up with a grew up with a PS2, I can see how impressive the game would have been back in the day. The world truly feels big and diverse, and you can go explore pretty much everywhere. The size of the Colossi is often breathtaking, and having to figure out a way to take this gigantic beast down as a regular-sized human is an enjoyable task. The controls aren't perfect, to be honest, uh, but once you get accustomed to them, uh, they don't get in your way. In conclusion... I think that despite all these years, Shadow of the Colossus is an impressive game if you see it in the right context. And as a boss rush game where you fight giant monsters, it's still fun to this day. So, blessing is right, Greg is wrong. He's right. Blessing is right. Greg is wrong. A a thing I actually wanted to point out, because Ignacio just uh, reminded me of this, I I wanted to say this toward the beginning of the conversation, but I got lost in whatever points about Shadow I was making. For this PS4 remake, and actually, you kind of touched on this a little bit when you said like you'd want to see like an indie developer like tackle this game sure. uh, today, right? I feel like the PS4 remake of this game is made more for me than for you, right? Like I feel like this game is al- almost made more for somebody who has played the original and wants to re- re-experience that for the first time, as opposed to somebody who's coming in brand new. Because the fact that it it hang it it hangs on to all the elements from the PS2 version, great and bad you know when we talk about controls and all, all these different things sure that said i would really love to see blue point make shadow of the colossus 2 i think that could be a that hit i, I would like, love to see yeah i would like, love I, to I, see I, shadow of the colossus with everything we're talking about not exactly yeah. but like a modern take yes and i know like a lot of people probably probably be against it because you want Uwe to uh to be involved with it and maybe who could be who who knows um and shadow of the colossus is such a special game that i'm sure people just wouldn't be be with it because of that alone but yeah blue point tackling a shadow colossus that does revamp how it controls translates translates it to something that um works on a gameplay level in 2020 i think could be special and i think could be a hit game for all intents and purposes for oh my PlayStation. god totally yeah 100 yeah. percent. i think so uh, yeah i don't think you have to worry about that at all i do think people would be all over that if they did i mean granted they're to your point yeah it would be the whole well it's not ueda it's not team eco what are they doing blah, blah blah but i think there is a way to get around that in the fact of do they want to do that no like is the you know blue point treated it well and did a great job with it again you know it's a great game so yeah yeah ladies and gentlemen before we continue our show let's have a word from our sponsor this episode of psi love you xoxo was brought to you by the kind of funny games cast that's right you probably knew it, but maybe you didn't. We have another podcast. We have a lot of podcasts, but another one called The Kind of Funny Games Cast that posts each and every week with uh, me and Tim Geddes and Imran Khan and Blessing at AOEA Junior and sometimes Fran Mirabella and sometimes other people too. But basically, we're coming together to talk about the games we're playing that week and, of course, one big topic. Uh, if you haven't given the Games Cast a look in a long time, because as you know, ladies and gentlemen, of course, you have a, a bunch of shows like Kind of Funny that we're five years old, right? Games Cast been there from the beginning. A lot of people are like, you know what? I don't, I listened to it once and I didn't like it. Or, you know what, I used to listen to it, but it fell out on my rotation, so I haven't gone back to it. Uh, Gamescast on a hell of a roll lately. Uh, topics uh, last week was what is the future of the Nintendo Switch? Before that, we had a deep dive on the Avengers. We even had a Ghost of Tsushima spoiler cast with the one and only Nate Fox. Uh, a whole bunch of other different Gamescasts in there that have just been fantastic, including that Last of Us spoiler cast everybody loved. 
basically what I'm saying is if you haven't checked in on the games cast in a while, why don't you available each and every week, youtube.com slash kind of funny games podcast services around the globe, no matter where you get it, consider liking it, subscribing to it, sharing it. Uh, if you, you know, get it as a YouTube video, why not sign up for your Apple podcast feed as well? If you do there, why not go hard it on Spotify or whatever the fuck you do on Spotify. If you're driving a car right now, roll down your window and yell games, cast games, cast games, cast when the police pull you over, say cast game. And I'll be like, Oh my God, it's the devil. And we're back. So that was our review of Shadow of the Colossus. Blessing. Greg, I want to get into some PlayStation picks. Of course, this is where we highlight a few cool-looking games coming to PSN this week. And I want to start off with Mortal Shell, because Mortal Shell is one that people have been really excited for. Uh, the game comes out Tuesday, August 18th. Kevin, I have a trailer for all these games, by the way, if you want to uh, play them over uh, the descriptions here. But from the from the store page for Mortal Shell, uh, Mortal Shell is a ruthless and deep action RPG that tests your sanity and resilience in a shattered world. As the remains of humanity wither and rot, zealous foes fester in the ruins. They spare no mercy with survival demanding superior awareness, precision, and instincts. Track down hidden sanctums of devout followers and discover your true purpose. Greg, is, is Mortal Shell one that you're interested in? in I'll all? tell you what, I have heard of Mortal Shell, but not paid much attention. As soon as you started talking about it, action RPG, I opened up the trailer to look at it because Kevin had to load it. So, it is an, in, it. an incredible looking game. It is a Souls-like game, as far as okay. I understand. It's and so scary. if Look, at there's a bunch of... Did you see that in the corner? It was like a ghoul. Yeah, you got some ghouls in here, Kevin. Oh, yeah. be no, they got some ghouls. They got oh, some bad guys. If they show actual gameplay, I forget if in the They do. They do eventually. There's no UI on it. There's, there's no HUD or anything going on, but... Yeah, I'm swinging. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's a, how it actually looks in the game or if that's what's going on. Oh no! They ha they had a oh, beta no, recently, and I heard oh, no. good things about it. Stylistically, like it looks really awesome. Yeah. And so I'm very much looking forward to this one. I'm gonna try it out. Okay. Yeah, I look at it and I get excited about it, but then I also remember what Kingdoms of Amalur in like a couple weeks. But I don't have yeah, it. Yeah, like, you, you can you knock this out before Kingdoms of Amalur. That's what you like to think. Come on, you know we're doing that. We got other reviews to work on. There's things going on. Fair, very fair. And if I'm gonna uh, if I'm gonna start a Souls game, I should just jump right to Bloodborne, right? That's also true, and that's actually the one trepidation I'm having with this game is: should I just continue Bloodborne as opposed to jumping into a brand new um, Souls-like game? But I also want to finish Persona before I get to Bloodborne, and so I, I got a lot of decisions. I'm just there's too many games going on right now. It's too a quiet period. There's too many games going on. Speaking of too many games, the another game I want to highlight is a game called Even the Ocean, which is coming out again on Tuesday, August 18th. Uh, and Kevin, I have a trailer for this one too. I couldn't find a description, but I do have an excerpt from an article by Danielle Riendo of Vice, who wrote about this game in 2016 when it came to PC. Did you uh, find wrote... this article by her being the first pull quote in this trailer? Wait, is she the first pull quote? Yeah. <laughs> You're still talking no. about a quote from Vice when a uh, quote popped up. <laughs> that's awesome. No, I think I literally just like typed in even the ocean review or something like that. Gotcha, and it came gotcha. Google. But that's really funny. Uh, Danielle wrote, uh, even the ocean is the sort of game I'm proud or the sort of game I'm pretty primed to like. It's a well-designed, challenging 2D platformer with a unique energy balancing mechanic. It features an inclusive, polit politically aware story with narrative beasts about or narrative beats about co uh, community, identity, and activism. It has pretty pixel art and moody music, and it was made by Analgesic Studios, the two-person team behind one of my favorite titles, 2013, Anadine, a beautiful point-to-take on 2D Zelda-style games. And so, if that if that piques your interest, there you go. I've not heard of Anadine, but I Maybe. when I was looking through the games that were coming out this week and i saw even the ocean it was the art 
that actually piqued my interest. And yeah, watching the trailer, I was like, all right, this looks like something that could be fun. And apparently when it came out on PC, people uh, enjoyed it. And so if that interests you, there you go. Uh, there's also New Super Lucky's Tale, which is out Friday, August 21st. This is from Liam Croft at Push Square. After arriving on Xbox One and Nintendo Switch a couple years back, New Super Lucky's Tale will finally launch on PS4 next month, or this month, because this was taken from an article that was written last month. Playful Studios has attached a release date of 21st of August 21st, 2020, to this expanded re-release of an experience which actually started out as a VR title all the way back in 2016. It has... It has had quite the journey since then, but now <laughs> PS4 players can finally get their hands on it. Back when it came to Switch, our buddies over at Nintendo Life awarded it in a respectable 8 out of 10. Quote, New Super Lucky's Tale is a solid port of an underrated platformer with a greatly improved camera. Greg, does this speak to you at all? No. Super Lucky's Tale, I remember when it popped on Xbox One and people were like, oh man, and then I, I remember it not reviewing that well. I know since then, like you're talking, they mentioned or they allude to the journey and stuff and the Switch version and people being behind that, but it's that same thing of just like, I'm not saying it's over by any stretch of the imagination because I'm sure like, obviously the next Mario that'll come out and I even Crash Bandicoot 4, I thought looked really good at the last uh, state of play. But even watching this trailer now, I'm just like, okay, like I get yeah. it. I mean, it know? looks like a 3D platformer, right? Like it, yeah. it lo- very much looks like the, the the thing I'll say about Super Lucky's Tale is that even when it was being advertised years ago on Xbox, like it looks like every other 3D platformer, and I, I like 3D platformers, and so like I play it anyways. Like I'm I'm into what I'm seeing, but it's hard for me to justify checking it out when there are other games coming out at the same time. Like if if there if we we're in a dead period where there are no games, I'd definitely check sure. this out. Because like it yeah, looks we're the calm before the storm right now, and we're ta- talking about our backlogs and trying to get through stuff, let alone embargo things we have. Exactly. Uh, last one I have for you for PlayStation updates: Samurai Jack Battle Through Time. That's coming out Friday, August twenty-first. Uh, and this is from their website: Become Samurai Jack, the greatest warrior of the past, present, and future. Journey through time to finally stop Aku's evil reign in this new adventure told by the creators of Samurai Jack. Encounter your favorite characters from the show, including the Scotsman. Garamush, I don't remember the character, Sir Rothschild, and more. Uh, and this is one that me and Barrett actually just got done doing a first impressions for because we got the ex- exclusive stream over on twitch.tv slash games and youtube.com slash games. And I'm really excited to play this one. Like watching Barrett play it for an hour, it looks like everything I want for from this type of game. Like it 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 looks like a PS2 license game in all the good ways. Not yeah, necessarily yeah, the yeah. bad ways, where like you look at it and it is like a, yeah, it's a third person action game with a cartoon art style, and it kind of is reminiscent of something like Battle for Bikini Bottom, but it actually looks like it it controls and plays well. And from what Barry was saying as he was playing the game, he was saying that it it's pretty fun. Yeah, of course. So I'm all about uh, it. This first impression is going up soon on youtube.com slash kind of funny games. The first impression podcast feed, even if you're not using it as a podcast, please go subscribe and help us out. Uh, but yeah, like the, so the story behind that is, you know, Adult Swim Games reached out and was like, hey, you know, would you be interested in doing this exclusive with us and doing this thing? It wasn't a sponsorship. It was just a more tried and true. Hey, do you want to show this game off? And so they sent me a build that I was like, I don't know shit about Samurai Jack. You and Barrett said you did. So I was like, I'll make sure this game isn't garbage. And so I started it up and I was shocked at how much I liked it like that. You you know, the last two games you asked, am I going to play? I'm like, man, not really. This one I'm definitely going to play like this. one. Really? You're going to play it? Yeah, it drops this week. I don't That's know. Awesome. how. It's one of those like I don't have a soft spot for samurai jack like i don't know samurai jack the cartoon so i'll be interested to see if i'm completely fucking lost in it but 
way back in the day, I reviewed Afro Samurai for PS3 360 or whatever when I was at IGN, and it was a similar situation where I didn't watch uh, Afro Samurai, but I fucking dug that game. It had problems for sure. But playing this one, you know, just to see if it was worth it, like the upgrade skills were cool. The combat was cool. You know, it's got the vibe and feel of Ghost of Tsushima. It didn't, at, you know, the whatever, the level I was playing for the demo didn't challenge me in the same way, but it, it was enough of that where I was like, I'd want to play this. I'd want to see this through. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what you think about it because I, I for one, am somebody who grew up in Samurai Jack and I really, really love uh, Samurai Jack. And yeah, I'm excited to play this game as almost a palate cleanser after Ghost of Tsushima. Like yeah. we don't yeah. we don't usually get like a million samurai games in a year, but this year somehow we're getting we're getting a couple back to back, and this seems like the antithesis of Ghost of Tsushima in the way where Ghost of Tsushima you're playing as uh, in this realistic open world. I use realistic loosely by the way, but in this open world where you know you're playing as Jin Sakai and it is about the honor of the samurai and you're uh, clearing out camps and doing all this different world different or doing all this open world stuff. Samurai Jack is very much a hey you're playing a cartoon and you're going through these little or to these um through these linear levels and you're clearing things out and you're you're doing very video gamey stuff um I'm all about it and I'm excited to play it yeah that, that uh, what I played again like you know we're talking about games that aren't afraid to be games like it struck me as a game and yeah. it did strike me from what you're talking about of like that old PS2 licensed goodness of like all right cool like yeah, yeah this is simple but it's fun and that's all I want exactly Greg speaking of samurais time for some playstation updates i have quite a few here because this last week has been actually kind of a bigger week in terms of uh updates that are coming through it's a playstation bonanza the biggest one though ghost ghost of tsushima man my throat's getting dry i can't even talk ghost of tsushima is getting a co-op expansion uh this is from darren bridges at the playstation blog who writes today i'm very excited to reveal ghost of tsushima legends a new online cooperative multiplayer mode that will come as a free download for Ghost of Tsushima owners on PS4 later this year. Legends is an entirely new experience. It's a separate mode that doesn't follow Jin or the companions from his journey, but instead focuses on four warriors who have been built up as legends in stories told by the people of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima's single-player campaign focuses on an open world and exploring the natural beauty of the island, but Legends is, is haunting and fantastical with locations and enemies inspired by Japanese folktales and mythology and an, emphasis, em, and an emphasis on cooperative combat and action. We designed Legends to be, exclusively, to be an exclusively cooperative uh, gameplay experience. You'll be able to partner up with friends or via online matchmaking and play Legends in groups of two to four players. Each player can choose from one of four different character classes, the Samurai, Hunter, Ronin, or Assassin. Each class has unique advantages and abilities that we'll reveal in the future. We'll have much more to share on Legends as we get closer to launch, including details on character classes, customization, and more. Greg, this yeah. was shocking to me when totally. I woke up this morning. 100%. And saw like it. that, it's... 2020 is obviously a garbage no we're a garbage truck on fire it's the fucking world on fire and so you wake up to horrible news all the time but we've had some good bangers of good, cool video game news to wake up to recently and so yeah this yeah. morning brushing my teeth and i opened this up and i was literally like what the fuck like yeah hell yeah sucker punch i did it you know we had the spoiler cast with uh nate fox uh on and you can get it right now on the kind of funny games cast feed i talked about earlier in the ad if you listen to the ad. um and on there when he was like yeah there's no 
we're not working on single player DLC or anything like that. We're focused on launching the game or whatever. It wasn't a bummer, but it was like, oh man, like this is a world I do want to do more with. I do love this gameplay so much. This is not what I would have been expecting. And you can kind of see how he skirted the question, right? Where I think we were so hung up on story DLC for them to drop a co-op mode or whatever. Completely different. But mm. I'm in. Like it's it's an interesting thing because I'm not going as far as saying it's like uh Crystal Dynamics with the Avengers, where you know Tim's constant thing is like yeah, I'm higher on this game than I thought it would be, but this isn't what I want from them. I want a single player story from them, right? Like, I would have loved just to have more shit to do in uh, Tsushima, right? Like, uh, Tsushima, drop it on the map, have it, new quests, new whatever. But this is something different and cool. And I like the idea of taking on these like legendary uh, folklore items and stuff. How it's going to yeah. play and how we're all going to bounce back off each other. I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't know what the classes are, but I'm excited for it. And I think it speaks to the way Sucker Punch sometimes does the crazy ass shit, right? I mean, what it was uh 2011 when they did Infamous Festival of Blood. <laughs> You're like, what? It's a weird vampire story. Zeke's telling a girl at a bar and <laughs> for Cole running around doing this. Okay. Hmm. Like this seems cool. Are you down to play this? Oh yeah, I'm 100%. I'm 100% into this. Um I'm actually like I actually like this idea more so than single player DLC cuz I I've yeah. talked about before that Single player DLC is very hit or miss for me. Most sure. of the time, I just don't sure. care. Like, I don't want to return to a game that I've already put down to play more single player content. That's probably gonna be too hard for me because I don't remember like how the game controls because I played the game for a week and then put it down and all this different stuff. Uh, and like for Go for Ghost of Tsushima, there's so much content in that game already as far as like different things to do out in the open world. I still have so much I can I can go back to in my game because I haven't platinumed yeah. it yet. Yeah. And so you for them to be. For, for them to be taking such a left turn uh, and doing like this multiplayer experience that is, hey, two to four players, you're going to get to experience like this, these new uh, tales uh, of like these these legends from uh, from Tsushima or whatever they are. Like that sounds really exciting to me. I'm, I'm curious to see how they make combat work and if they make that stuff feel good. Like if this really comes together and turns into a really fun co-op experience with friends and really elevates that experience. And like, I think this, I think that could take this game up a notch into like shooting into like my game of the year conversation Holy shit, to be man, honest because like man. i mean i had some of those thoughts while playing ghost of Tsushima already like halfway through the game i was like man is this my game of the year and then i finished it and i was like no i don't think it is but i really love the game if i, I go I back still, to this, i still have and, that where i stew on it what do you think right. about it and you're like yeah well because i i think of it so fondly i think yeah. back of how much fun i had in that game and how much i loved it and how even now with it over i want more which is such a great i think yeah. you know such a, a badge of honor for that uh, for any game of just like yeah i platinumed it i did everything and fuck i could go for another quest line and i think the thing for me and tsushima is that like that game had one of the highest highs for me in terms of how i felt while playing while playing through it like there was a certain point halfway through that game where i was just like man what an experience this is this is actually special like i'm actually really uh loving this and then like I played the rest of the game and like did some side quests and I was like, all right, yeah, this is a really, really, really great game. But that high didn't necessarily last for me like the whole game, right? It was sure. just, it was it was mainly for maybe like five to ten hours of the experience. Uh, but yeah, if I can go back to it and really enjoy playing the game with friends and really get into it uh, on that side, like yeah, I'm all about that. That sounds really exciting. I'm really curious to see how they pull this off, and I'm down to see this come through as post-launch content. Um, it'll be interesting to when it comes out too you know what i mean we're, i mean later this year is what they're saying but like how do you Call, get yeah. around playstation 5 and like you know i mean not that you want to avoid it obviously you can backwards compatibility and play that kind of thing and maybe you know use the power to make it look better but just where does it fall and when do you do it and how do you get the hype around it it strikes me as something that'd be a cool thing to put out in december like in the lead up to christmas of like 
hey, after you get by Black Friday, it usually gets pretty quiet in terms of releases. Here's a piece of DLC for you and your friends to play on break, break, you know, play on PS5. Here's the thing to, you know, whatever with your free time to go in and do it. That could be a cool way to put it. Yeah. I I also like this because it it reminds me of uh the last of part two multiplayer mode which we're kind of waiting on or let me not say last of part two naughty dogs multiplayer mode because they didn't necessarily say that it's going to be a last of part two thing um matthew like, hill to... writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says uh <laughs> with the recent surprise announcement of an online mode for ghost of tsushima releasing for free in a few months time when do you think we'll get more info from naughty dog uh about the last of us part two's online mode also, if they release it as paid DLC, what do you think the community's reaction will be considering Sucker Punch is releasing their surprise mode for nothing? So yeah, it will one thousand percent not be paid DLC for a multiplayer mode. You think right? that Last of Us Part Two's uh, whatever they're going to call it factions mode will not will be included with the game? Well, it depends on how they present it. If it is like if they if they do put it out as a standalone thing, like Last of Us Two. Like if they just call it Last of Us Factions and it is a revamp, it is a new thing, yeah. then okay, yeah, I can see them charging it. If it is DLC to the Last of Us Part Two, I don't think they'll charge for it. Because like the idea there is that you would have to own Last of Us Part Two and then buy Last of Us Part Two multiplayer as DLC. I think you're then you're you're cutting off so many people from actually being a part of that multiplayer mode and like yeah. that gets back into all right how active is the is the player base? Does it fizzle off after a while because nobody's playing and, and all that different stuff. Uh, that said, I, I guess I do, if I think about it, I do expect it to be a standalone thing. Like, I don't necessarily I, expect it to be DLC. I think you're going to pay for it. I think it's going to be standalone. Like, I think that the fact that they've been so clear in quotes, I mean, obviously they're just saying they're not ready to talk about it and whatever, there's stuff's going on over there. I think means it's still a ways out. I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see that till next summer or next fall even. Uh, and even then I wonder if it's going to be do you make it a PlayStation Five exclusive? Uh, at that point, like, what do you do with that? To, what What is the? It, it's it could go one or two. I could, actually, I shouldn't even say it. it can go a lot of different ways. I can mm-hmm. equally see it. I I don't see it just being hey, here's a DLC we're dropping for The Last of Us Part Two. I see it being standalone. I see it being its own thing. PlayStation Four, PlayStation Five, cross gen, whatever. I don't know about that part. I can see it happening standalone, or I can see it never happening. I can totally see them putting up a blog post one day on NaughtyDog.com and just being like. Listen, we tried. We know you love it. It wasn't up to our standards. It wouldn't have been up to your standards. So we're not going to do it. We're moving on. Like, I think you could easily do that. And you're naughty dog. So what do you have to lose? But I think, you know, if it's not where they want it to be, they could do that. In the same breath, they could be doing something amazing and it's going to be great. But I also think that what that studio is known for is single player games. And I think that they'd love to get back to that probably more than all hands on deck. Let's make this multiplayer work. If, it's in trouble at all. Maybe, like I said, it is. They've had a, a small team going. Everybody transferred off of the project as they finished Last of Us to Part Two to go do that. But I don't know. They I, are I, also known for multiplayer, though. Like I'd, I'd make the argument that between Uncharted multiplayer and Last of multiplayer, like there, there is a beloved uh, 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 Last or Naughty Dog multiplayer community. Like people love. Those I games. would say there is a beloved Naughty Dog multiplayer niche. I think that there's a small group of people. I think their games touch so many different people, and I don't think that the majority of them care about the multiplayer. And I th- and that's said to somebody who was obsessed for a while I mean, yeah. with Uncharted part uh, Uncharted Two multiplayer, right? Like, I get it, and I think it's cool, but I also think that 
and this is totally me talking out my ass to an extent, but I would think you're, it, it's looked at as a pet project at the office. Like, I don't think anybody's like, I mean, I should say people are proud of their work. Obviously they know what they're doing. They're excited for what they're doing. But I think that when you say naughty dog, you're not thinking multiplayer. I know that there is definitely an audience. I know how much that loved factions that did love uncharted two, uncharted three multiplayer. But I think the overwhelming majority don't. And I think that that's where you start getting into the dollars and cents of running a studio or running a first party where you do actually look into, well, how many people are playing it? And to go back to it as much as you might hate it, how many people are buying microtransactions for new Nate hats and all this other stuff that you could get in uncharted multiplayer back in the day? Like you start weighing the pros and cons and what's actually happening and where you are. And, you know, I, I think that those multiplayer modes stemmed from the trend in the industry at the time of holy shit, everyone's trading their games in when they're done with them. We got to give people a reason not to sell back their stuff. And you saw everybody start trying to put multiplayer into their games, their single player games. And some worked really well. Like I think Naughty Dog did. Some were crap, like the Tomb Raider reboot. And it was just this like, you shoved all this stuff in there trying to make it. But I think you look at the sales of the last, it was part two. And I don't think that's a concern anymore. I don't think they're sitting there going, man, fuck, how do we do this? I think they're like, mm-hmm. all right, let's, I mean, they quietly got it out of the game, <laughs> whereas they didn't even launch with it. And like, if they just keep being quiet, I think they could easily be like, listen, it just it isn't where we wanted it to be. And we're moving on to the next project. And while people will be disappointed, I think the overwhelming will be like, fuck, yeah, give me whatever your next IP last of us part three, whatever the fuck it's going to be. Nah, man. Nah, man. I'm going to be complaining the whole time. I'm going to be it. talking That's about it for years to come. I will do. I will start like a like a you know how change.org Tim, <laughs> Tim and Nick did like their Fast and Furious counter thing where they're counting down the, the sure. days to the next Fast movie. I will do that for the last multiplayer at a certain point if they don't talk about it. I'll start. I'll start appearing on this podcast weekly, being like, "Yo, it's been ninety-seven say, weeks." <laughs> you should start the day for next about. week. Start with like it's been this many weeks since we heard about Last of Us Part Last Two multiplayer. multiplayer. If we don't, if 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 we don't see it by, I'm gonna say next spring. Or if we don't hear about it by next spring, I'll I'll start the the, the timer. Uh, but I do when do you, think you do hear about? It? You think you game awards? You think you get something there? No, you get the state of play. You want? Like a, I think like a state of play in spring, maybe 2021. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I well, actually I I'm I've been formulating a new theory, okay. another theory. I'm gonna say. I, have you what, been formulating I, it while you were talking about the first theory or is this you've been thinking about it at home well while, while you're talking about whatever you're talking about thank you for um, listening <laughs> no but like what if they um what if they packaged it with a revamped ps5 version of the last of us part two like what if that is like the thing that like the new thing that gets you to rebuy the game on next gen right well like, then what happens to playstation 4 you don't get it then I think you're right back to this control, uh, a uh, control next gen upgrade bullshit, right? Where it's like, what the fuck? I supported you and I bought the game on this, and you said you were gonna do it and you didn't do it. Do you do you think if they do a Last of Us Part Two PS5 version that will get automatically upgraded? I don't think they're gonna do Last of Us PlayStation Five version. I don't think I don't think they're gonna do the whole remastered thing this time around. We shall see. We shall see. We will. It's backwards compatible. Uh, you already have it with boosting and the a solid state drive. I mean, and Mark true. Cerny looking in your ear. But what is Control doing then? Like, what is the Control new version that's coming out for next gen that we're getting the free up or not free? We're getting the, it's gonna the have upgrade the ray with tracing the and then the four and the yeah. four, the fifteen k. What is the difference be? between that and the backwards compatible compatible version of the well, game? Well, that backwards compatible is boosted, and this is going to be built for the ground up of this. Is- it doesn't make sense, Greg. None of no, this makes sense. Let's talk about a uh, PlayStation VR though. Uh, <laughs> another 
update, PlayStation update I have for you. I'm glad Sony's you brought this up because I didn't think you, I didn't, I didn't put out a full blown news story. I can cover it though. Ladies and gentlemen, in PlayStation VR news, I finally did what I've always dreamed of and just set up the second PlayStation 4 in the living room to just be the dedicated VR unit. So now oh. I don't have to bitch anymore about like, ah, oh, I got I don't have the pass through for my PS, uh, the Spider Man PS4. That's, running in stunning 4k or whatever the fuck they do you know i don't care but then the death stranding ps4 that's the one that's just ready to go for vr anytime you want me to play vr right now two seconds it's up and running i'm ready to go it's beautiful so that's actually not the big news story i was talking it's about not the big news story for playstation vr no oh, no uh, actually not um from ign uh jonathan dornbush writes an article Ooh. we're not sorry joe scrabbles writes oh, an article a fake name probably is dornbush right yeah. under the pen name yeah Secretly Dornbush, uh, Joe Scrubbles wrote about how Sony is working on their next generation VR headset, but it might not be PSVR. Sony is developing a next generation VR headset, but it may not, it may well not be related to PlayStation VR. A job listed spotted by Upload VR explains that Sony is hiring a team to create a next generation VR head mounted display. However, this device is being developed with, with a view to five years from now, and the listing has been mm. posted by the by the core Sony Corporation rather than Sony Interactive Entertainment, which created the original PSVR headset. Greg, yeah. what is your take on this? Not shocking. Like, right? Like, it's a job listing. They're doing this thing. Like, people have been, are still trying to figure out AR and VR and what it could mean. PlayStation, obviously, is still dedicated to the space. And I shouldn't even say PlayStation. Sony Consumer Electronics is still dedicated to the space and figuring out what that means. I think that as oculus quest continues to be a big success as people continue to put resources into it as playstation themselves continue to put out uh exclusives for it and back it and see what the community is it makes sense to have a team going on it and working on it and seeing what it's all about and trying to figure out what this next generation vr head mounted display would be because but even then it's talking more that sounds to me more like ar but i'm also talking a little bit out my ass based on what yeah. this whatever job posting said um sadly i just want them to say someone's working on playstation vr 2 and it's wireless but you know we'll see what we get we'll see what we get and i i kind of reflect uh some of your views on this too like i vr isn't necessarily like a video game exclusive thing even though vr is widely being used for video games right when sure. you look at psvr quests and all the different stuff uh but like it could be augmented reality it could be a lot of things right it could be vr with not with uh non-use in games like we don't necessarily know fully and the fact that they're saying that this is five years out tells me that this is probably like some sort of experimental thing like exactly it's one of the millions of things that sony works on and every consumer electronic company works on that isn't necessarily ever going to see the light of day yeah does this point to them not working on PSVR 2, though? No, I don't think that disqualifies PlayStation VR 2 at all. Uh, I think that, you know, as crazy as it might seem, Sony Consumer Electronics and PlayStation uh, in general are just two separate silos inside of the giant Sony corporate umbrella. So I think PlayStation could easily still be inside and probably, and I would guarantee is working on VR still. As I've always said, like, I believe that they have every intention of making a PlayStation VR 2. Will they ever make a PlayStation VR 2? Who knows? You, you know, it is that thing of what that actually nets out to be like is up to, I think, more of the bean counters. And it's back to what we're talking about with Naughty Dog and what you're known for, right? As the PlayStation 4 has been such a huge success uh, and PlayStation VR has been successful, 
by comparison, PlayStation Four in general is you know the PSVR is a drop in the bucket in terms of yeah. what that has done. So at some point, you do have to look around and go, okay, like what is the actual interest level in PlayStation VR, and do we want to commit to a second version, or how do we want to have this go? Do you want to commit to making different controllers right i mean the move wands that are out of production in production that you're buying on these things you can only get in bundles that uh still don't have the best tracking like how much do you want to push all that forward when people the majority overwhelming majority just look to your system for the traditional games and whatever third-party stuff's going on right like it breaks my heart as somebody who loves the tech that if we put up a review of something with playstation vr on the title like that actually turns off so many people because they just don't care Oh, I like PlayStation and I wish him well, but I'm not going to play that. I'm not going to do anything with that. It's kind of like what we talk about with indie games all the time. Like you can put out a lot of indie games content, but like that actually isn't driving people in. That's a very specific person. Again, that's a niche and that works really well for indies because it is, hey, I'm selling a game for $199.99 on Apple Arcade, whatever, you know, five bucks. Uh, it's a smaller entry, whereas PlayStation VR is an entire ecosystem full of things to go for. Yeah. And of those things in the ecosystem, how many are true system sellers where you're like, oh my God, you have to play this. Our last PlayStation update of the day, the last is part two, got an update, added a uh, grounded difficulty. This is no, for a second. I thought you were telling me it was breaking news. They got the multiplayer and I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how great was that? Greg, uh, they just posted this. Uh, this is Jonathan Dornbush <laughs> at IGN. Uh, grounded is a returning hardest difficulty mode featured in the original Last Wish as well. That version of Grounded stripped away several key elements for players, severely reduced resource availability, and made made foes all the more difficult to defeat. Meanwhile, permadeath can seemingly be enabled on any difficulty. The Last of, the Last of Us 2 will keep track of what you killed, what difficulty you played on, what aspect of the game you were tackling, and how long you lasted. Additionally, Naughty Dog has added a host of graphics, audio, and gameplay modifiers that can now be included in your playthrough. These elements include Mirror World, Mirror on Death, Slow Motion, Bullet Speed Mode, Infinite Ammo, Infinite Crafting, and more. Cool stuff. We talked about this a little bit on uh, 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 KFGD, and my my big thing was, like, I feel like this is a, a little bit late. Like, I'm glad they're adding really? all this stuff, especially. Yeah, like, and maybe this is just because we, we reviewed it, and so it feels like we played it forever it ago. It feels like a lifetime ago for us, yeah. Yeah, but, like, I'm like, dude, it, two months or however long it's been after the game com- came out, like, I feel like it's such a weird period of, all right, everybody who bought the game at release, I don't know if, I don't know how many of those those folks want to jump into it like sure. um, like right after beating it for the first time and then later down the line like people who buy it like will of course play it but I don't know I feel like there's like a weird happy medium that maybe could have been met in terms of when all this stuff came came into it. I think it's an interesting one in I think again we keep talking about uh, niches right of like how small these groups of people are but I think you look at somebody who you know wants that added challenge they were very vocal at the launch of the game right of uh, last of us part two that it wasn't there and i'm not saying by the way that this is like i use vocal minority a lot to describe bad people this is not what i'm saying about this or people who are being antagonistic or jerks online or blah blah blah. i'm just saying that i saw this but i don't think the overwhelming majority of people actually want this uh i think for those people it's a good move because it's just there if you want it i think they did it's you know again i can't compliment uh naughty dog enough on the trophy list for last of us part two and the fact that this is exactly how if there would have been a hey play it on grounded in permadeath mode for the platinum never would have platinum last of us part two but instead a few months later you put this out and you put out a set of dlc trophies and guess what if you want that and you need that 100 percent, and that's what drives you go get it it's there for you um 
it is that ongoing argument of like how do you support a single player game post launch what do you do for it? how do you get people to be invested in it and again i think this speaks very specifically to the people who have played it and are ravenous and will, you know the people who play last of us part one over and over and over again i think uh it, it's there for them in that part of the hardcore naughty dog audience hmm. i can do that can you are you gonna go back and do it did you platinum this yet blessing the last is part two no i'm not, I'm not gonna platinum the last of part two no <sighs> blessing needs multiple we talked about this we talked about this i'm not gonna platinum a thing that needs multiple playthroughs but it's you like it all right here's the hold on a second here's the next thing blessing you need to go (laughs) and maybe i'm wrong i doubt it because i watch you like a hawk you need to turn on your playstation and unprivatize your trophies i think they're privatized because you were playing something embargoed recently and you just forgot because you like to act like you don't care about trophies but i care a lot about trophies. oh yeah they are private so when i go they into your merc city 64 here on psnprofiles.com and i see oh no trophies here this profile is probably private that makes me upset well what wh- why are you looking at my trophies why are you stalking i me? wanted to come in here and talk about your platinums but here we are mm. stalled you've ruined mm. the show some would say mm. kevin do you feel like the show I just apologize. got ruined i apologize Kevin, oh, actually, Kevin's been having a bad Kevin. 24 hours. I'm not going to give him shit. <laughs> Instead, let's check on somebody who does care hey, about sorry, trophies. Sorry. I'm sorry, Kevin, would you say that Blessing just ruined the show? Oh, yeah, totally. What Thank a you shit very show. much. That's all I needed to hear. Thank you. Fair. Uh, we're going to check in, though, on somebody who does care about trophies. Of course, you, ladies and gentlemen, can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames and give us your PSN profile. Then we look into it after we hear your little sob story about it, and we judge you. You'd say if your trophies are good, bad, or otherwise. And we actually don't judge. We just usually read through them and go, oh, that's a pretty good game. That's interesting. Well, wow. Today, though, it's a very special man. You know him as Long PP. That's right. Jeffrey P. Long has written into patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Right, Bless? That's how we know him. Long PP. Oh, yeah. Long PP. Me sure. and Long PP go way back. <laughs> Jeffrey PP Long writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, I've always been an Xbox guy, only having recently dipped into the PlayStation ecosystem. Uh, I've always been an achievement hunter, but boy, oh boy, do I love the trophy system. The progress bars, the separate progress for DLC trophies, the sweet, sweet platinums that signify a job well done. Xbox has a run for their money with their achievements, and this is coming from a guy with over 100k gamer score. I just got my first platinum with Death Stranding a while back, and I'm working on Bloodborne and loving it. I have until dawn installed and have played through it once. Is that an easy slash fun platinum, or will it be one of those boring slogs that require multiple playthroughs? Uh, well, Jeffrey, first off, congratulations on making the right choice. Washing uh, away your sins of the Xbox achievement and coming over here. You know what I mean? Thank you, Kevin. Give him a round of applause. And then, Kevin, I need you to give a hiss to Snowbike Mike. Oh, but like he's so nice. Give a boo hiss to Snowbike. There it is. Thank you. Oh, don't, don't hiss Snowbike Mike. Yes, cast, I'll tell you what. It's, it's leading people to the rocks. All right? Snowbike Mike over there. He's it's over there. Podcast. He's a siren calling them to the rocks to smash your boat into the Achievement Island. Nobody uh, wants to be stuck on VDOT. That's where you want to be. Uh, and then, yeah, Death, uh, well, Death Stranding, first off, congratulations on that platinum. Uh, however, Until Dawn wouldn't be a boring platinum. I don't remember if it's an annoying platinum, but it definitely requires multiple playthroughs. It, you gotta go it, you, get... you, don't you have to do, like, every I think you have to get all the endings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but like, that's fun. Those uh, are cool endings and stuff. Yeah. And, and, yeah, I mean, it's going mean, to take you multiple really... playthroughs. If you really liked on t- Until Dawn, I'd say go for it. Yeah. Well, I don't think he, I don't Never even know if he's played it. it yet. He says well, it's it looks installed. Jeffrey P. Long. Oh, yeah. I mean, he has a, my apologies. 
Okay, yeah, I was gonna say he has a few trophies in it. Right, well, he's got three out of nineteen. Yeah, let's click on this here. Right, so you got three out of nineteen. Let's read through these because I don't remember. Also, oh, is that it? That's not that bad. And the trophy trophies? doesn't look that rare. PlayStationTrophies.org until dawn. You ever, so I, you know, PSN profiles is where you go to look at the trophy list. Then you go to PlayStationTrophies.org for the, uh, you know, the the forums and the the estimates and the things like that. So I'm clicking over here on the forums. They're slow to open. That's on me, probably not them. And then estimated time to platinum on the poll they have here it looks like it's split between 11 to 15 hours and 16 to 20. So you're probably like with the oh, 16 yeah, inch right that. there. Well, I'm looking at the roadmap they have stuck stickied over here, stuckied. Uh, yeah, this one's 15 hours is the uh, the guess here on how long it would take you. Mm. Two out of 10 on difficulty. So there you go. Uh, minimum number of uh, playthroughs is only one and a half though. So no, that's not a bad platinum. Get that. Yeah. Jeffrey P. Long, go for that. Uh, yeah, looks. Like, I'm looking at your trophies here. Like they said, you played through it once. But even this, yeah, it's just you play through with the god, you're gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay with that one. Don't worry about that. But, but who beyond wants to play through something with the guide, Greg. Who wants to I mean, do if that? you want the platinum for until dawn, that's a different thing. You know what I mean? I want to figure out how to crawl up this colossized cock. You know what I mean? That's a completely different ball of wax. But you All gotta right? like you, you gotta shoot the arrow at the cock. <laughs> oh and man, get it right in the pee pee hole, the Jeffrey pee pee hole is what we call it. If you don't remember, by the way, I think it was on this show we talked about it where Jeffrey uh Jeffrey Long was offended that we were leaving off the P, and so he put up any I say offended in the jovial best friend sense where he put up a subreddit thread offended that he they were leaving out on the producer rundown. So now we make a big deal out of Jeffrey's PP. So anytime you see Jeffrey PP long out there, you say, yo, long PP, what up? Anyways. Uh, so yeah, Bloodborne. That, it, it's interesting because I, I can't remember last time we had a, a, a trophy profile submitted that I could see all the games in, without scrolling. He's got 10 games played. Bloodborne. Yeah. All guys, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, uh, or campaign, whatever, uh, Last of Us Part 2, Death Stranding, Last of Us Remastered, Until Dawn, Astrobot Rescue Mission, Nidhogg, and Castlevania Harmony of Despair. Interesting. Very interesting. And First zero, off, get the, zero, zero be better than Blessing and get the, get, the, get the Last of Us Part 2 platinum. Yeah, zero trophies in Castlevania Harmony of Despair. We've all been there. You start it, you're like, oh, this ain't what I want. You bounce, nah. you never come back. <laughs> It's funny because like it's a very particular game too. Like it's not like you started up Call of Duty and you're like I'm not in the mood and never went back to it. Yeah, it's not like Castlevania Harmony of Despair was a PS Plus or game or anything. Like you purposely <laughs> played that. You purposely bought that game and then started up and you were like, actually, no, I'm gonna I've, play I've instead. <laughs> I have made a mistake and I am out of here. <laughs> but hell, man, that Death Stranding Platinum, that's impressive. There, good job. Took you a month and three Good's weeks. Up. I appreciate that. Uh, what what do you see? What where do you want to point him for his next big game? He's new to the PlayStation ecosystem. This is it. What PS4 title does Jeffrey PP Long? Spider-Man. Play? Uh, well, actually, 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 actually. Oh, you yeah, already said not it. Not the God of War. The words out of him. He hasn't done that. He hasn't done Horizon. He hasn't done Ghost of Tsushima. He hasn't done Knack. He hasn't done Knack you're coming off. You're, you're coming off of Bloodborne. And so I'm just, I'm going to say do Spider-Man. Go a complete, complete opposite route. And they say that. Have some fun. And then after Spider-Man, do God of War. Because then you would have had the, the palate cleanser. That is Spider-Man between Bloodborne and God of War. Okay. There you have it. Jeffrey P.P. Long, we thank you for your support. And we wish you well in your trophy hunting expeditions. Uh, I have breaking news for you, Blessing, because we've been doing oh. this show. Your Samurai Jack Battle Through Time hands-on gameplay first impression is already up. That's how fast we can oh, wow. occasionally move during kind of funny days. So if you want to see that, that Samurai Jack Battle Through Time game uh, in motion, Hit up youtube.com slash kind of funny games or podcast services around the globe. 
I hit the desk. Jen's going to yell at me. Ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, that's another episode of PS I Love You XOXO. Of course, the fun doesn't stop there. We have a Patreon post show over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can go there. You can watch the live post show. Well, no, you can watch the post show. Uh, you can watch live while we're recording it, just like uh, the final boss fight is. Uh, you can get it ad free. You can be part of the show, just like Long PP was. Uh, Jeffrey the Long PP Long. Uh, you can have a good time over there and you can support us and you can get a bless way, bless up. And then you can get other stuff. And there's all sorts of cool things to do. And that's how it works. Because that's how we have fun. And you get everything ad for you over there, too. So it's just like, it's a good deal. Gamescast is there. I already talked about that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is PS I Love You XOXO. Each and every Tuesday, Blessing and I get together to nerd out about all things PlayStation. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash games. If you have no bucks to toss our way, YouTube.com slash games. Podcast services around the globe. Here's where it gets dicey, ladies and gentlemen. I'll let you know. Uh, I am taking next week off. But we would never let you miss an episode of PS I Love You. So we're recording one at the end of Friday, meaning that I need your questions in faster than usual. And you need to look at my Twitter in case we put up what the topic of the show might be or if something crazy happens while we're gone. Or not while we're gone, but like while we're, you know, between right now and then when when the show goes live, if we pick something crazy. Announce the PS6. There it is. You understand 100%. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, especially Jeffrey P.P. Long. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.